Thank you. Good evening and welcome. Uh, we'll call to order the City of South Miami Commission. Today is Tuesday, February 6th. It's approximately 7.05 p.m. We'd ask you all please to turn off your cell phones or silence them at this time. Uh, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Mayor Fernandez. Present. Vice Mayor Bonish. Here. Commissioner Kaye. Present. Commissioner Corey. Present. Commissioner Lehman. Virtually present. <laughs> you have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. If we could please all stand for a brief moment of silence, followed by the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, this evening, I'd like to just uh, ask us to pray for the memory of Candida Blanca. Uh, she served as the Vice Mayor and former Commissioner for West Miami, and she passed away this January 18th. I'd just like to keep her and her family in our thoughts and prayers. Thank you. Can you please join me in the pledge? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Please be seated. Thank you. Madam Clerk, do you have any presentations this evening? Yes, we have two. Please, if we could call the first one. Um, it's for Commissioner Corey and Officer Rodney Napier, Unhoused Outreach and Successful Housing Placement. Thank you. Commissioner Corey, would you like to introduce the presentation? Thank you, Mayor. Absolutely. Um, so this uh, presentation today is on our unhoused outreach programming um, that we do in particular for those who are chronically homeless on the street for a year or longer. I wanted to highlight the extraordinary efforts we do as a municipality reaching out to these individuals. Um, and getting them into permanent assisted living, which is a permanent solution to um, uh, being unhoused. So tonight we actually have a presentation that is a video um, that we would like to play, and then quick comments from um, Officer Napier and some other people in the audience too. Yeah. Corey. Yeah, uh, he during his time he only got a few minutes, but he mentioned me and I stood up and he and he told that uh, I was out on the street here for nine and a half years in the general area and had an apartment. At that time, I was in there for about three months. So basically, I got to shake my fist in the air and say thank you to all the people that helped and stuff like that. The the thing that's really annoying is when people come up in the street and they're like, why don't you wear some decent clothes? Why don't you, you know, shave, do this? Why don't you get a job? You know, like you can just walk in and say, I need work. Oh yeah, start right away. You know, and they see you with a suitcase. <laughs> you know, like prime, you know, hiring material. That that's the biggest thing I think that holds people back is having to walk around with all their possessions. How did you select like where you would sleep? Because that would be that would be probably the most important thing that day to decide on. Where am I gonna sleep tonight? So basically what I looked for was something that had an overhang. So if it started raining in the middle of the night, I wouldn't get soaked and have a sleeping bag, my uh, suitcase and whatnot. So that's pretty much the luck of a draw. 
if, uh, if they like it, they'll let you sleep there. If they don't like it, they'll you know, tell you to move on. So well, things are different now. Absolutely. Must be a big relief. Oh yeah, it's like just the idea that I can, anytime I want, I can just get in the shower and take a shower and shave and everything. But uh, when you have your own place, and it's you know it's a whole different ball game. It took like about thirteen months of just really fighting against the bureaucracy and stuff. You know the delaying tactics. Officer Napier uh, assured me that we would get them to put up all the front upfront costs and give the lease to the apartment. So and that, and that worked out. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, and it was with a lot of people, the, the uh, caseworkers at Camillus. Um, you know, although we felt that maybe they uh, did not put the time and effort needed to make it happen sooner, they stuck with us, and uh, without them, we couldn't have made it happen either. So um, I think it was a great team of three, Mike being the lead, uh, for, you know, trusting that he could help and um, for him following through with everything he needed to do to make it happen. I have used his example to many other service-reluctant individuals uh, telling his story, and that has helped um, others believe that maybe it can happen for them as well.
Thank you so much, everyone. I, I wanted to welcome to just say a few words, uh, Officer Napier, um, Rose, and Anthony. <laughs> Please come forward. Thank you. Yeah, if you want, should we bring, bring a mic to him? Mic, we can bring him a mic, can't we? He, he can make it over. Okay. We're, we're going to give him some exercise today. Sounds so. good. <laughs> so as uh, the commission saw, uh, first thank you, uh, Commissioner Corey, the uh, mayor, commissioners, and city manager for um, allowing our police department to um, make an impact like we were able to do. Um, as you could see at the end of the uh, video, uh, it takes many, many people and um, a lot of time to uh, make this happen. Um, I certainly believe that uh, with continued uh, perseverance that we can cut the time dramatically to probably 60 days instead of, in Anthony's case, 10 months. Uh, but it takes a full team of people. So I hope that this commission and the city and our, our chief will continue to uh, persevere on these efforts. Um, if it weren't for a business owner who's been 31 years on Sunset Drive assisting us, uh, this would have never have happened. Um, it's very difficult, someone who has spent 22 years sleeping on the street to make a change like Anthony made. We all get comfortable in our environment, as worse, as, as bad as it may seem to all of us, but that was his environment. So we wanted to wait two months in his new environment before we brought him uh, here to, uh, to say thank you. So. Again, thank you to the commission, city manager, our chief of police, and of course the citizens of South Miami for uh, making this happen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think a hero is actually Officer Napier because he started the whole thing. Well, thank you for joining us this evening. We, uh, we're happy to hear the good news. And again, Officer Napier, your impact continues to be felt here every single day. So thank you for your service. Uh, even your part-time service is really meaningful. So thank you, sir. And thank you, Rose, for being a stalwart on, on Sunset Drive and, and for what you do for the community in ways we are just now beginning to appreciate and understand. And Mike, congrats. We're glad to see you're well situated in a, in a new, comfortable place. Commissioner, anything to close? Uh, no, again, thank you very much, Officer Napier. I, I, I felt this presentation was important, not just for the community to see, but also the commission that has continued to support um, these efforts. And we have put additional resources into this type of outreach, and we'll continue to do that as we can make a really meaningful change um, and really uh, set the standard for what municipalities can do with these type of efforts. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. With that, Madam Clerk, uh, we do have another presentation, correct? Yes. You want to take a picture? I'm sorry. My apologies. You want to take a picture? Let's do that. Come on. Go ahead, please. If you could join us for a picture in the front, please. Thank you.
Okay, Madam Clerk, our next presentation. Um, we have the parking garage mural options, Alexander and Harris. Great, I think Commissioner Liebman, I believe this is your um, add-on to the agenda. Would you like to make any introductory remarks? Uh, thank you, yes. I'd just like to introduce uh, one of our newest residents, Alex Mihadis, he moved into the same, I mean, to the city around the same time as his two brothers also purchased uh, homes all in the general vicinity. And um, by the way, the mayor and the city manager, they made in, uh, an introduction. Um, Alex is in addition to being a business owner is, uh, is an artist, both a painter and a sculptor. And um, we discussed the idea of, of Alex donating two sculptures uh, to be placed or discussed with the commission, but at, at two um, traffic circles on the same street that would in a sense speak to each other and also uh, activating Alex to paint a mural on both the South Miami parking garage and uh, some similar mural in the, um, or the same uh, mural at the uh, Sunset Place parking garage. So that way there'd be some, uh, some continuity between the two. And uh, we really do it the South Miami parking garage just to gain exposure and try to activate that garage. So uh, thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Alex. With that said, I'd like to turn it over to the uh, accomplished art artist and new resident, Alex Mihadis. Madam Clerk, is he here? Commissioner, I don't see him in the audience. And I've. Well. Oh. So maybe okay, we'll table yeah. this. Maybe he's running late. So I apologize. Uh, We'll take the presentation okay. up later with your permission, sir. Okay? Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, can I get a motion on the minutes of uh, December 19, 2023? I move the motion. I'll second. Thank you. I have a motion by Commissioner Kaya, second by Commissioner, oh, sorry, Vice Mayor Bonich, excuse me. Uh, Madam Clerk, can we can call the roll? Yes, Commissioner sorry. Kaya. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Lehman. Oh. I think it's yes. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonich. Yes. yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Um, minutes past five zero. Is there a motion on uh, the minutes of uh, January 16th, 2024? I move the motion. I'll second. Okay, we have a motion again by Commissioner Kaye and a second by Vice Mayor Bonich. Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes. Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lehman? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonich? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Minutes past five zero. Thank you. Mr. Manager, report, please. Yes, sir. Uh, Deputy Manager will be providing the report. Um, we're going to begin tonight with just an update on the Avalon Bay project at the former Winn-Dixie site. I'm going to avoid the clicker. John will run through it for us. But um, they're working on pouring and forming the structure on the fourth and fifth level concrete slabs and columns. Topping out is expected this summer. FPL has begun burial of the power, power line along 74th Street, which is expected to take approximately two months. So these are just some photos, progress photos. Um, those are in November of November 28, 2023. And you can see November 30th, 2023. And this, mm. these were taken recently, January 29th. Beautiful day. So just some updates on that project. Um, update on marketing and communication efforts. There was direction given at the prior commission meeting for um, the city to join next door. We've done so and we're participating in resident discussions. We're also using the platform to share uh, city events as well. And 
City Hall will be closed February 19th due to President's Day. So a reminder to the residents that Monday's garbage will be collected Tuesday, Tuesday's garbage will be collected Wednesday, and Thursday and Friday will remain our normal schedule. That's the manager's report tonight. Thank you. I, uh, any questions for the manager? So, you know, I, I have one quick question. I know that on the report there was a, a reference to the landscaping on 84th Street. Um, I think a good development from what I read. I did have a question regarding the first phase. The, a lot of the trees are, I would say, in suboptimal condition that were installed. Do we know if we're still under a warranty period with the, uh, for those trees? And are, what's, what's the status of those trees? Are they healthy? Are we planning on getting them replaced? Yeah, I'll get out any of I'm not sure of the window of time. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll tell you while he's walking up, we did do a staff walkthrough from uh, 57 to 59 to discuss a range of issues uh, on that median. Not only on the median, but I think uh, how to approach medians overall in the city. Uh, but we obviously were using that as a, as a sample, if you will, and we discussed from landscaping to no parking to the damage that's being caused by parking uh, and then the existing project. Uh, that's coming forth uh, five eight to five nine. So I don't know maybe you can answer the issue of uh, warranty. Y yes, sir. Uh, the the warranty is actually no longer. Um, it already expired uh, back in November of last year, <clears throat> so we have no warranty on the project. Uh, we did meet uh, after the walkthrough with the manager. We meet. We met with the uh, landscape architect as well, and uh, he's going to provide a report on uh, what are the. Uh, condition of the trees and what do we need to, to do to mitigate those, those, those trees that are either damaged or, or may not be uh, in good condition. For the mayor. Yes, sir. Um, so Aurelio, the, the landscape architect, that was the landscape architect on the project that the overall general contract that they had the landscape design and all that stuff. Is that, what company was that, Fantec? Uh, or is that an internal landscape architect that we had? That project was done through SRS. So the SRS had their own outsourced or in-house landscape they, architect. They had a sub-consultant who, who did the landscape architect. So, uh, Commission, one of the things that I had asked the city manager was, we currently have a, pro uh, a program that we use project managers and you know bigger companies to do a lot of these projects. And we've been focusing over the last past year a lot of landscape smaller stuff. So I've asked the city manager to look at the contract that we have because it's every three years particularly. So we don't have that contract expiring until the following year, 2025. I wanted to see if we can bring it back to the commission. I would love to have an opportunity to break it off and have a smaller, more focused landscape architect arborist in-house instead of going through these bigger projects as a design process goes through. I think we're focusing a lot on landscaping, a lot on arborist and a lot of streetscape that we can have someone on, on staff a little bit smaller and easy yeah. to work on. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think an enhanced focus on landscaping is positive. I think in this case, my, I guess my concern, if I ex could express one, is that we're not, you know, it's, to me, it's been obvious for a long time that the conditions of those trees are in poor shape. And, uh, you know, again, we are removing invasive trees to put natives, right? I've expressed, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that we are getting larger specimen trees to replace what is a ton of DBH that we tore down, right? Even though they're invasive, they provide shade. Uh, in this case, though, we have brand new trees that, to my untrained eye, look like they're virtually dead. So, I mean, they're not, they're certainly not growing, they don't look like they're growing in a healthy way. So, I think we need to have a better process when we do these improvements to inspect them and make sure that during the warranty period, we're holding the installer accountable and we get the best value for, obviously, our citizens' dollars when we make these investments. Yes, Commissioner Liebman. 
Yeah, quickly, some institutional knowledge, marquee entrance, always want to activate that area. There's also a legal parking issue. Um, took a long time to get that approved. The first two bids that were awarded, uh, the contractor at that time decided that they could no longer honor those, those bids. So I had to go up for a third bid after, I mean, part of the, my objective wasn't just to plant new trees, but was to remove a lot of what was there. You had to see what was there previously. So I'm being defensive, just provide because I'm in agreement, wish it was much nicer. Um, you know, things go, you have to take part of the loaf or part of the apple to start. But the other thing is following this installation, Commissioner Welsh also planted some trees. So I don't know if we can, which of the trees that are unhealthy, I've noticed the same thing, but the skinny oaks, we can't really put on the, uh, for the, the landscape contractor or subcontractor. Yeah, I, yeah that, that's an excellent point, Commissioner. I don't know which ones are attributed to the efforts of one of our former colleagues or which ones are part of the plan. But, you know, it, again, to my, to my casual eye, it just, you know, it's, if we made the investment, we should make sure that investment yields, yields fruit here. And I think in this case, we didn't hit the mark. So I look forward to getting an update on the status of those trees and see what we can do to remediate the situation. And, and just if I may, we're on the second phase, we're also adding additional trees to provide more DBH and also to provide more uh, landscape improvement in the area. So in addition to having a bigger Poinciana trees, we're also gonna be bringing more Bridesdale for that yeah. phase two of the project. And again, colleagues, just to expand on this point, we, you know, we made that investment you know, there's, there's growing pains as we see new development happening with homes. That median gets heavily utilized for um, staging for contractors. I've been talking with uh, our development services director about requiring uh, at least some sort of a staging or a plan and maybe a restor small restoration bond so that if people are parking on our swales uh, medians, we have resources if they don't repair them to repair them ourselves so that we don't see a continued impact from uh, which should be otherwise positive development activity in our neighborhood. So, yes, Madam Vice Mayor. Can you just clarify for people who might not know the lingo, what does DBH mean? Is the uh, design breast? The diameter breast diameter height. Breast, right. It's the size is, of the tree. It's the size of the trunk of the tree. tree. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. Any further questions? Okay, with that, uh, we'll move on to the city attorney's report. Thank you, Aurelio. Thank you, Mayor. Mayor, you have a pretty robust agenda, so I'll be speaking on a few of the items um, as they come up before you. But the only two things, you stole my thunder on the construction standards ordinance. That's something we're working on. Thank you. Your development services uh, director. And then there's a traffic flow modification, which had been asked for by the commission that should come in the next agenda. Uh, I've been working with Aurelio to Great. finalize that. We look forward to getting those. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, with that, we'll go to public remarks. And uh, can, can we kind of get a gauge for what we're, is everybody here for the same thing or? It looks like we've got one, two, three, four South Miami Park individuals. Is that correct? Do you want to raise your hands if you're here on South Miami Park? We might have a few that are not signed up on the list. Uh, I see some folks wanting to speak on the rezoning resolution. So if uh, we'll take that, we'll take that item up first since that is an action item. That is uh, regarding the project uh, in unincorporated Dade County. And uh, then I have, I see a comment on South Miami parking from Max Gelrod here, who's with Sweat 440. Uh, and that appears to be, and there's a, I believe an item on, one person wants to speak on um, the sale of City Hall. So, okay. so then the majority 
of the people that are listeners, not not actually speaking. Is there anybody who wishes to speak that has? If anyone has not signed in, we just ask John, can you circulate another sign-in sheet so we can get a full full tally? There's another one. There's one in the back there. So if you can just go to the back and sign up, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, so yes, uh, Commissioner, let's, Commissioner let's, Liebman. Yes, let's not forget those online as well. Uh, I see one hand online. Madam Clerk, is there anyone else in public remarks? Anyone there that would like to speak on, yeah, please raise your virtual hand. We have two so far. Yeah. Okay, I see two, Commissioner Liebman. Thank you for that. Okay, with that, we'll start with uh, Brian Neal, please, if you can come forward. You're recognized. I'm going to give my time to Karen Neal. Thank you, sir. Ms. Neal, please come forward. Your name and address for the record. Good evening. <laughs> My name is Karen Neal. I'm a South Miami resident. The address is listed there on the page. Good evening, Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, City Inspector, excuse me, City Attorney, City uh, Attorney, and City Manager. On the police seal, there are three words, excellence, integrity, and inclusion. They are the motto for our police and by extension for our city. The development plans in place at the current moment for South Miami Park have failed in one blaring <laughs> area, and that is that due diligence was not paid to the residents or the elementary school that border this property. Some people knew about it, a, mass, a vast majority did not, and I find that inexcusable. When it comes to rezoning, we are very, very welcome to hold hands with our unincorporated Dade neighbors, and we should follow that same due process when it comes to South Miami Park. The Green Task Force should be a part of this, and as of today, I know of one task force member that had no idea of these plans. I find that surprising as well. In terms of excellence, I think we all know that our children deserve the very best. Our neighbors deserve the very best. Our elementary school deserves the very best. The principal of David Fairchild Elementary had no idea of these development plans when I spoke to her last week. I find that inexcusable. This program will directly impact the elementary school as well as the residents that live in close proximity to the concession athletic commercial venture that is going to be in place in this park. And I would invite you, Mayor, to define the word commercial for us, if you so please. I'm sorry, you asked me to define the word commercial? Define the word commercial, because you have said that this is not a commercial venture. For, for, for my, for our, for, sorry, I don't, I, I'm happy to take your comments. I will just say we, uh, we have, in any number of contexts, uh, we have recreational programs that are operated by third parties. So I don't know. When you're trying to describe commercial, I'm not sure what you're trying to say, but that's how I would describe the current condition that's out there. Right, that the lands will be leased to a third party. It's not leased, ma'am. Hmm? They have a, if the city attorney can elaborate on that point and address her comment, please. Sure, yeah, th this is not a lease situation. This is, this is a, uh, a, this is the program, South Miami's program that is being, uh, I guess, run by a third party uh, vendor much like any consultant would, would run a, a city program under certain circumstances. Right. And Ms. <laughs> Neal, I, I, would, I would invite you, we are gonna, that, that contract I believe ends, city attorney in June of this year. So if there are safeguards or guardrails you'd like us to consider adding to a solicitation for that future contract, we're happy to hear them. 
We were operating under an existing concession agreement, and we have to honor it because it was entered into by a prior commission, and it binds us at least through that date. So okay. happy to hear your thoughts on that as well. Good. So the commission is open then to a reordering of the um, letter of interest that went out to potential yeah, I, 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 let me, lenders. Let me, let, me, let me elaborate on that point because okay. uh, the reason I pushed for that request for letter of interest to, was because we were having a conversation about how we were going to pay for the improvements. And my personal preference was to blend a cash contribution and possibly a borrowing so as not to expend all that cash in one issuance because it is a substantial amount of money. And so we wanted to see what the going rate was for services and whether we were at market. And so it was not intended to commercialize, but you know we have most of those programs that responded are nonprofits that reinvest the proceeds into the programs. You know many of them that responded to that, that solicitation, so or that request for letter of interest. So that was the reasoning behind it. From my perspective, personally, and I'll say this publicly again, I'm, I'm not really concerned about what money we make. There has been some concern about whether we should earn a return on that investment. For me, this is an improvement we're making for the public good, because we all deserve to have a facility that's worthy of carrying our name. And certainly, I think, at least for the majority of us, to condition that park without bathrooms, without concession facilities, with an abhorrent playing field, is not something I think that's worthy of the name South Miami. Agreed. And bathrooms, water fountains, and a decent playing field are most welcome. We love to see children playing there. However, the scale, the multi-million dollars of taxpayer money that's it's going to go into this, on that letter of interest, the city of South Miami pledged at least a $6 million Ma'am, whether we, whether, whether we operated to it... To potential vendors. So I, we can have a further conversation off offline, but I want the public to understand whether we do turf or we do grass, the investment will be the same. It's a question of when that investment gets outlaid. So then so it is a question, which is better, artificial turf or natural grass? If it is going to be the same amount, the natural grass is the best in class for professional and growing training soccer players. And we respect your opinion. And with that- And in conclusion- Thank you. <laughs> I would like to extend compassion for our neighbors and continue to hold hands and play nice with the very good people that live with us in South Miami and unincorporated Dade. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time. Please, if you want a signaler support, put your thumbs up or, or wave your hands, please, okay? We generally do not allow clapping in the chambers. Thank you for that. Uh, Ms. Anna, Dr. Anna Price, you're recognized. Good evening, my name is Anna Price. I'm at 5880 Southwest 66th Street. I've been a resident for over 40 years. I just came to thank you, Mayor, Commissioners, staff, Police Chief, for the wonderful breakfast we had on the one day that we celebrated, and it happened to be on his birthday, where you acknowledged two prices, Dr. Joyce Price, and myself, and I hope that you continue to do what you did. This was absolutely marvelous, and it's something that we can do in the city of Pleasant Living. I also want to commend uh, our police department, had an occasion to say hello to them on Friday night for whatever reason, and my, 
particular community. And I just want to say again, thank you so much and continue. You came to a marvelous police department. <laughs> I just want you to know that. This is what we can do in this small city. Compassion, as we look, Commissioner Corey, as you continue to express compassion, and we can get all the homeless people uh, out of the street in this community. We can do that in a small community. And I just want to, again, say thank you and continue to do the good work you do. Thank you for your comments. Next up, uh, Howard Mertz, please. Thank you. Good evening. Good evening to all. Thank you very much for having me. The last time I could not be with you, uh, but I understand. Sorry to interrupt. Your name and address for the record before you start. My name is Stefan Thank you. Richard at 5925 South West 44th Terrace. I'm not a South Miami Dade resident, but I'm in an unincorporated Dade. Um, I, uh, I'm here because I needed to voice my opposition to the plans that are being considered for the park that is directly behind my house. Right now, it's a nightmare already to have the noise and the light and the pounding on my gate, so I can imagine what it's going to be like. We would love to see that field kept as a neighborhood park for everyone to enjoy and not being turned into a commercialized, a, an athletic concession field because that's going to increase the nightmare of living there. Um, there were two signs ever put on my grass, um, Mayor. It was Obama, for President Obama when he was running, and for you when you were running as a state representative. So therefore, I do support some project. I do support some people that are running. But this park, to turn it into an athletic concession field, it's, it, it cannot be. I invite any one of you to, to come to my house on, 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 uh, on a regular day in the afternoon. It's impossible for me to step outside until the lights are off, until everything is done in the park. Because sitting outside with the, the, the screaming and, and, and the lights and everything, it's, it's unbearable. So I, again, we would love to see that park be a, a neighborhood one where everybody, whether you live in South Miami or in un, unincorporated Dade, where everybody has access to it. But right now, from 5 until 8 PM, none of us can enjoy it. And, and uh, I was told that also about the lights that are not going to go off until like 9.30. That is, that is not good. So I urge you to please reconsider. I urge you to, again, uh, come visit us, those of us whose property are directly on, on the field. It, it's, 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 not, it's not a good situation. Thank you for your time. Thank you I for your comments. I have to get my son, so I'm rushing a little bit. Thank you for coming this evening. I'd love to get together with the, the, green, um, the green task force people because, again, I'm very concerned about the wildlife also. There are some owls that are eating my fruits, and they're all going to be this, this place. So please reconsider. Thank, Thank you, you for your time. Thank you. Miss um, Carla Flores, you're recognized. Would you like to come forward? Please come on up. Thank you. Ms. Rodriguez, uh, typically we allow three minutes. Do you need more than three minutes for your comments? Okay, Not thank, at all. thank you very much. Hey, Rodriguez, 5998 Southwest 50th Street. I am a Miami, uh, South Miami resident. 
Okay. Um, unlike a lot of my neighbors I see here, I want to take this time to thank you for uh, opposing everything and helping us out with the Miami-Dade County. Um, that's pretty much what I wanted to do, is thank you. And see if there's more than can be done. Can you I, be specific on what we're, what we're doing for you? Which, which part of Miami-Dade County are we doing? She's referring to, I believe, the zoning resolution. The zoning resolution? Mr. Kaye, thank you. Ms. Rodriguez, before you go, I, I just have a question. I want to just, as people come up, I see there's a few. Are, are you opposed to the rezoning or are you opposed to the reopening of the roadway? The rezoning, to me, doesn't matter. Okay. It's the opening. We have an incredible neighborhood. Okay. Every corner says South Miami. Then when you come here, they're mostly Miami-Dade. Understood. Uh, the part that you have added is incredible and it has helped us, but we need more push because most of these people belong to you. So if I could ask, just again, to be clarify, if we just opposed the condition three and said that the opening should not be permitted, would that be, okay, that'd be fine? Yes, and the limit okay. of the housings. The limit of the houses, okay. Yes. We'll, we'll talk about that further. Thank you. Appreciate your thoughts. Uh, Catherine Porter, you're recognized, please, if you come forward. Hi there, everyone. Thank you. I am Catherine Potter. My address is listed on the uh, list there. Um, I am not a South Miami resident. I am an unincorporated Dade, and I'm here on behalf of all of the acre property owners um, in the Biltmore Heights area to thank you for what you're doing. Um, for this resolution and just to be clear we oppose both the rezoning of the property and the opening of the road so we just wanted to thank you for bringing this resolution up and uh, ask you to consider striking after or in the alternative thank you for your thank you very much mr potter and i apologize for mispronouncing your name Yes, Madam, Madam Vice Mayor, you want to ask a question? Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering of the residents that are going to speak on the breaking down of that large lot or the street being opened, there's something to consider, which is it is a very big parcel and would there still be opposition if it was acre lots like what is around it? That's not what the developer is proposing. I'm just wondering if, if there's opposition to that as well. There, there, I mean, I think, again, I don't know all the facts, but my understanding is it's EU1 zone, EU zoning today. So if they wanted to subdivide consistent with their current designation, they could have acre lots without need for getting, having the change okay. effectuated. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully that was correct. Um, next on the list, I have Donna Shelley. <coughs> Shelley, you're recognized. If you come forward, please. Donna Shelley, going once, going twice. Sold, I guess. Uh, moving on to Mr. Al Alberto Milo, please. Good evening, uh, Mr. Mayor and, and Commissioners. Albert Milo, President of Related Urban, 2850 Tiger Tail Avenue, Suite 800. Um, I was here to speak on item number 10, but before I touch on that, you know, I want to commend you guys for that, that video that, that you showed at the opening of the commission. Um, as you know, we're redeveloping the, the South Miami Gardens uh, site, and as part of our redevelopment effort, we, we're, we're replacing all of the original 58 public housing units, and 
We're about 45 days away, hopefully, from opening that new building. I'm just waiting on our water meter and our FPL, and 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 we're going to be opening. And your city's been great to work with, by the way. Um, your building department, all all of your departments have been have been excellent. So I, I wanted to mention that on the record. But before I forget and talk about what I wanted to speak about on item number 10 is, you might not be aware, but we actually do have some units that are reserved for homeless individuals as part of that or formerly homeless individuals that, as part of that development. So not only are we replacing public housing, but we have some units set aside for that. And it is a mixed income environment, which is gonna have subsidized units all the way to market rate units and workforce housing units in between. So again, I commend you guys for, for doing what you're doing. That was, that was a touching uh, video. But what I wanted to speak about is I saw you guys have, you know, the, you're considering the redevelopment of, of this city hall site. I think you have a unique opportunity to do what you're thinking about doing and, and, and come up with some new public uses. But I, but I think it's important to note that you probably should consider having some type of workforce housing requirement in that, in that solicitation. By way of example, we just started pre-marketing some of our units at the South Miami residence at Selby Park. We've gotten over 500 requests just from one employer in the area, the University of Miami. So that's just one. I know Andrew just left the meeting at South Miami Plaza. We had over 50 residents from the community also there asking for units. So the demand for that middle class housing is great. So I think, and, and again, there's a lot of misconceptions as it relates to People use affordable housing, they use workforce housing, they, you know, they intermingle those definitions, but you know, what I'm talking about is trying to get that middle market housing. You're talking about single person earners that between 57 and $87,000. That is the middle class of any community. And again, just one employer, we're talking to many, the state attorney's office, the Baptist health system, your employees, we're, we're at school board, we're, you know, we're doing outreach, and in just one employer, we had over 500, actually 598 to be exact. So I think it would be a missed opportunity if the city doesn't incorporate that into your solicitation. Thank you, I think we have a question from Commissioner Kaye. Mr. Milo, thank you so much. Uh, one of the things that we, the commission, are contemplating is obviously the RFQ and the RFP process for the new city hall and the redevelopment of it. One of the things that we have to go vote on or have the people of South Miami vote on is the land lease term limits that we have. Can you speak a little bit about why increasing the lease uh, from 50 years that we currently have it in, in our, in our uh, referendum to adjustable number, what, and maybe you can talk to that and why it's important that we can do that. Yeah, that's an excellent uh, question. The, Typically, you know, and, and we do a lot of land lease uh, deals with, with our municipal partners as part of our uh, public-private partnership structure. The issue is trying to um, finance the project, right? A 50-year term is usually not gonna be uh, easy to finance because uh, under a land lease structure, the improvements will eventually uh, go towards the public partner. So at the end of that lease, you're going to turn over whatever you build to, to the public partner. So 
when the investors and the banks do their analysis, they don't deem 50 years to be sufficient period to be able to finance a project, especially a project of the magnitude of this one, which is also going to have, you know, several major public components in addition to whatever is built from a housing perspective, right? You're going to have to rebuild your city hall. You have to deal with the Miami-Dade County Library. So there's going to be a lot of public um, purpose um, components to, to that. So um, typically, it's either 75 years minimum is what you're going to need. And sometimes, you know, some of our leases go up to 99, but minimum 75 years. Thank you. Thank you. I have a quick question, which is, you said fifty-seven to $86,000. What percentage of AMI is that? Just to kind of give us that perspective as well on the that same numbers. 80% to 120% of okay. AMI. So, you know, it aligns directly with the state programs. It aligns directly with the county programs. Um, and again, it, it, it's just that's, that's the backbone there, right? And, and you're going to have to not have that workforce included um, in, your, in, in this type of solicitation, I, I, I do think it would be a missed opportunity. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the comments. Any further questions? Okay, thank you. Oh, oh, sorry. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for giving us such an amazing project. I look forward to seeing what's going to happen. The change is going to be transformational, to say the least. So thank you very much. Thank you guys for your support, and we'll be here shortly with phase two, which is, is also progressing rapidly. Very Thank you. Very exciting. Thanks. Mr. Kevin Grace, you're next on the list. Thank you for having me here tonight. Uh, my name is Kevin Grace. I live at 9443 Southwest 227th Lane, so obviously I am not a resident <laughs> of South Miami, How, and uh, nor do I work in South Miami. However, I do serve as the president of the South Miami Rotary Club, and every year we put on the South Miami Rotary Art Festival, now being branded as SOMI Art Fest. And we are very excited for this, our 39th year. Uh, every year we come to the city and ask for some fee waivers. Um, it's usually for the parking meters. Um, this year we are asking for $36,000 in fee waivers. Um, one of the things that we are planning on doing this year is extending the, the evening and adding additional music venues. We, instead of one stage, we plan on two music stages this year. We have uh, completely rebranded the festival for Somi Art Fest. And hopefully you're seeing all of those banners uh, around the community, which I think give a nice new and modern look to the art festival. And the festival brings in between 20 and 25,000 people um, the weekend of, of the 24th and 25th of February. So it's coming up for, for all of your residents. Uh, so please come and support the 127 artists who will be displaying their art this year, which is an increase in 30 artists from even last year. So we're really excited about the changes that we've made. And every year, um, you know, we are a not-for-profit organization. Um, as a member organization, uh, we are not a 501c3. However, we have a foundation, which is what the art festival is run through. So our budget annually is about $100,000. And of that, we keep whatever the profit is that we make and we reinvest in the, into the community. 
right now we are offering four $2,500 a year for four-year scholarships to South Miami High School students. We uh, make donations to local arts and children's organizations that serve people in South Miami um, to the total of about fifteen dollars to $20,000 a year that we give out to community organizations. By having these waived fees, it allows us to reinvest in the community and to make the event um, more exciting uh, for people to want to come to South Miami. Uh, I alone, as a non-Miami or South Miami resident, um, I donate about 200 hours a year just to this event to make sure that it happens. And there's a whole group of volunteers who do this as well. And we do it just because we want to give back to South Miami and the residents of the community. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And we'll we take up the item. Will you be available for questions? Yes. Thank you. Okay. We'll do that then. Um, Mr. Lee Jacobs, you're next on the list. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, Lee Jacobs, my address is listed, and I've served with you for six years on the board, so I know uh, that you're decision-making is something that you strive to uh, encourage us to trust your decision-making as you represent us. And I wanted to let you know about some of the things that I've seen in the past meetings that have bothered me. Um, the October 3rd meeting I came, uh, it was the first meeting since I'd been off the planning board and there's a large scale development across from uh, South Miami Hospital, uh, 62nd Avenue and Sunset. And I learned uh, that the, the each, in that meeting, it was new to me that each individual uh, a, a commissioner had met with the developer that morning and arranged whatever they cared about and they didn't communicate with each other before the meeting because that's the sunshine law. And it's very important that we be able to trust you, but you didn't let the, you told the, uh, the, the developer that he didn't need to show his presentation because we'd already discussed everything and we saw it all. And uh, I wonder why we, you think that we don't need to see it. You've seen it. We don't know what went on in your personal private meetings Oh, behind the, uh, the, you know, you, a workaround to get around the Sunshine Law. So if you, you said you were ready to vote and you voted and the public was excluded from that viewing. Mr. Jacobs, I, I, let me just take this moment. I'll, I'll apologize. Okay. I don't wanna, I'll, I'm going to give you all your time back, if that's all okay. Right. I'll, I'll, that's on me. Okay, I apologize to you and the member of the public. That was not my intent. We certainly did not violate the Sunshine there. No, I think I we, we, did not ha we didn't have any, anyone in the audience, to my recollection, that was opposed to the project. So rather than belabor the point, we just decided to move on it. But I, it's, it's a point well taken. There may be other people watching online. And in the future, I'll make a practice of letting, making sure that people present so that people who are not in the audience get the benefit of the presentation. So I just wanted to say that to you directly here. All right. And um, in the, the October 16th meeting, you changed the zoning of the Sunset Somi District uh, increasing the density from 65 units to 150 units, the number of residential units from six.
we can please take our seats. We're ready to get started again. Thank you. We're ready. You got any more? If everyone can take their seats, please. We're ready to get started again. Thank you. John, can you reset the timer for Mr. Jacobs, please? Yeah. Should we start from the top or where I left off? I'm going to let you have the full three. If you don't use it all, we'd appreciate it, but it's fine. Okay, if everyone can please take their seats in the back. If we can close the chamber door, thank you. Okay, Mr. Mr. Jacobs, you're recognized. All right, thank you. I was uh, talking about the October 16th meeting uh, when you increased density at the Shops of Sunset place from... 65 units to 150 units that doesn't include the hotel and the number of residential from 629 to 1,452. That's an increase of 823. I think that's quite a good deal. It really increases their value, but you have to show what value we got out of that because it was done just without any developer around. It was you asked the city, the city asked itself if we wanted to do this, and we did it. And in the four zones specifically designated for SOMI, that's all four corners and in the middle, they're called, one's called the sunset zone. The number of floors increased from four to 12. In the village zone, the floors increased from seven to 15. The central zone from 10 to 25. And the gateway, increased from 17 to 33. So that's uh, more than 30 floors that you've given them increase. You should be getting publicity and blowing your horn for the gains that you've won for our city, but you have to explain what those gains are. It's, uh, it's, it could be that we're asking, why is this good? And at the last meeting, we saw the boat owners show up after they were mailed a letter telling them they couldn't keep their boats in their front yard if they get a new one. It'll be uh, a penalty. They said they fought this issue just before COVID and didn't know it would come back, but they were told they should have come to the meetings, which were printed in the newspaper, which makes it legal. So I'd say that if you could mail them a letter after you had passed the law, why couldn't you mail them a letter before you passed the law if you really wanted their participation? So that makes me wonder, do you really want our opinion? And by coincidence, Jeffrey Bass, the land use attorney, was here to represent the Baptist property on that day. He was also the representative of the Sunset Place in 2016 when I was on the board when they got permission to build the SOMI district, which is a special zone that doesn't have to come before any boards for zoning changes. They just have to notify the manager. So it's really a terrific bonus that Jeffrey got for the old owners and it passes to them. A huge increase in the land value. Mr. Bass is a hardworking land use attorney at the end of his business with the commission involving Baptist for which he was paid that day. He took uh, his time, or our time, to criticize the public who made comments which he saw as negative. He mocked those of us saying, we don't know what a great, efficient city we have. 
and he praised you all. I wouldn't say that you should take his praise because he is paid to be here and he earns his money on our sky. He's developing our sky, filling our roads. That's his job. He does it very well. And for him to put on a love show with you is not, it's, it's just motivated to keep the money flowing for him. He doesn't really care about our citizens. Since he insulted us, I think that I have a right to uh, mention him. There's nothing unusual about him. But he doesn't have a right to criticize our citizens to make himself look good. And the last thing I want to comment on is the uh, city website finally has something about the vote. It's very brief. The destruction of our city hall is coming. And who is going to tell us all the pros and cons of this project? How should we vote if we're against the whole concept of destroying city hall? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Audley Bosch, you're next on the list. Hi, good evening, uh, Audley Bosch. I live at 5220 Southwest 60th Place and here to, more than anything, like one of my fellow neighbors in the unincorporated part of Miami-Dade County that's bordered by South Miami, want to thank you guys. I'm an acre owner. I own an acre in that area. I'm kind of in an area where it's surrounded by the same type of property, of which one of these is the one that's being proposed to be rezoned, the one in uh, number 11 on your agenda. And I just wanted to say that a couple of the folks here talking about different topics talked about intertwining communities. And I was born and raised um, in Coral Gables but near that Catholic church, it's just on the other side of 57th and Miller. And I grew up in a South Miami Park at Palmer, you know, playing Little League Baseball at, it was called the Coral Gable South Miami Corey League there. And we are quite intertwined. That middle school is on a property that's owned by South Miami. South Miami High, however, is on a property owned by Miami-Dade County. You know, the 7-Eleven on the corner of 67th and Miller, it's on a property, unincorporated Miami-Dade County, but Again, it's intertwined in our community. We, in this area, whether you be in Coral Gables in that section or in the unincorporated Dade part of where we live, our downtown, our closest city center is South Miami. Where we go to the movies, where we eat lunch, where we buy our groceries is City of South Miami. I wish we were in City of South Miami because I'm seeing here today a lot of folks that are grateful for what you're doing for their constituents, um, you know, namely the homeless movement and, and this park that's going to, I feel, improve the neighborhood. We talked about David Fairchild being a part of that. I am in that Biltmore Heights neighborhood. I'm part of the Biltmore Heights Association and mayor, commissioners, uh, city attorney, city manager, you know, chief. We appreciate all you do for all the surrounding neighbors of ours that are part of city of South Miami. I wanted to only say that we don't only, as a group that's here, because I feel a lot of these owners that are here with us today are, are owners of the acre lots. We could very well be the ones that benefit from this type of change. We could split our lots and make four, five, six homes that would increase the value of I don't know what. Certainly wouldn't do it, I feel, for the impact of our neighborhood for the good. Um, 
as so I was born 47 years ago in the in the community. I, I never knew when mayor I heard you say reopen the road. My my cousin lived at the end of the road on the other side. I don't think it was ever open. No, you're, you're correct. I mean, I, that's the opening of the road. I think was my question. Yeah. Is that is that the main opposition? Yeah. Or so yeah. So my our opposition is for the rezoning of that property. Okay. I, I read a little bit. I'm not a developer by any means, but I read about what spot zoning is. I feel this is exactly what that is. So spot zoning is picking a, a large lot that happens to be in an area where it's very desirable to live. We love where we live, and I feel that this is an example of that. And you know, quite frankly, if, if I had a perfect world scenario, I'd remove the or alternative uh, language that follows the opposition in the resolution. Um, you know, perfect worlds don't exist. However, you know, more than anything, we would want to, uh, at least for the neighbors that are here and the ones I've spoken to that own acre lots near this property, we'd want to maintain and preserve all that green space, all that sort of um, pleasant part of our neighborhood that we're enjoying today with our families. We don't have sidewalks like parts of, of our city do. So we walk our dogs and our kids in strollers on the road. And, you know, these are small roads to begin with. This, this I think, would not only negatively impact your constituents that are in our neighborhood, like this lady that just spoke before me that said she was a South Miami resident in our Biltmore Heights neighborhood. Um, it would, I think, set a precedent that we want to avoid. Thank you. If it, anything else you want to add for the record? I, only that we were really grateful thank for you. all that you're doing for we our appreciate We Bill appreciate Mike. you coming this evening and your comments. Yeah, no, thank, thank you, you very thank much. Thank you, Mr. Bosch. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Kathleen McAuliffe, you're... Good evening. Good evening. I'm Kathleen McAuliffe at 5301 Southwest 60th Place. In fact, I live directly opposite the gentleman who just spoke. And uh, I, too, uh, strongly support um, this resolution. Uh, and both, uh, I oppose the, the closing, sorry, the, the opening of the street and also oppose um, rezoning uh, for, for all of the reasons that uh, Mr. Bosch um, just discussed. And um, I, I think there are, uh, just going to be the domino effect could really be terrible with regard to the rezoning for exactly the reasons he said. There are actually about um, there are seventy acres in Biltmore Heights that have only one or few one house or fewer houses per acre. So there if if there is a zoning change it could have a huge impact on the density of housing in a very quiet lush green sort of tucked away uh, neighborhood uh, so it's going to uh, not just that rezoning will not just apply to the five acres uh, in this application but to the entire uh, neighborhood um, and so for that reason, I would uh, also uh, ask you to consider striking down the, or in the alternative, deleting uh, condition number three uh, that's, that's there. Um, so. Thank you for your comments. Okay, thank Have a good you. Evening. Uh, next up, I think, uh, Stefan uh, Richard. No problem. 
Okay. Oh, my apologies. Thank you. Um, Xavier Williams. Sorry, I'm having a hard time reading the handwriting. Mr. Williams? Seeing no one, we'll move on. Uh, we'll take Max Gelrude next, please, if you can come on up, sir. Good evening. Hey, good evening. Uh, my name is Max Gelrude. Uh, my business is Swift for 40. It's here in South Miami. The address is 5829 Southwest 73rd Street. And once I have a family of my own, I will definitely make South Miami my address. Um, so I'm here to talk about uh, resolution number seven. Uh, it's the parking garage validation program for Jim, it's called. Uh, I don't know if you reviewed it. Um, I just, I looked at it and I, first I wanted to see if you have any questions, but I, I wanna make an, um, a change to it. Uh, but first, I want to talk a little bit about the business and why, uh, why I'm here. So first of all, I'm super thankful that I was able to open this business uh, here in South Miami for your support. Uh, we're already bringing over 120 people per day uh, to the gym, which is driving traffic to the area. A lot of the owners around are coming to the gym. My clients are going to the businesses around. So the owner of Footboard, Sakiva, uh, dance are more, a lot of their employees already coming, we're going there, so it's, that's been great. Uh, but what I realized, what I learned, uh, being a first time uh, business owner is that uh, parking uh, for gyms is super important, especially free parking. So that's been a huge limiting factor that is not, I believe it's not gonna make uh, the business profitable. Um, so that's why I'm here to see uh, to talk about the resolution and see if we can get not only what the resolution says now, but if we can add the first free hour to be free so I can tell everyone that the uh, parking is free and then I can bring more and more people uh, and drive traffic for everyone. Um, and whatever that additional cost is, I, like I would cover that cost. So it's not an additional cost for the city. Okay, so, so I'm understanding you're, you're suggesting that uh, that first hour is an hour. Uh, Mr. River, are you here? Can you come, come up for a second? Yeah, right now. The are, yeah. Are, Max, are you going to stick around for the item if you can? We'll take it up after public remarks. Maybe we can have a discussion about it then as opposed to right now. Is that okay? Okay. If you can, yeah, let's do that. So I don't, <laughs> don't want to keep the... It's my first time here, so thanks. No problem. I don't want to keep the rest <laughs> of the public waiting. So Mr. River, we'll, we'll deal with that in a few minutes. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. Okay, Arturo Chavari. Shout out to my mother-in-law's neighbors. Thank you. And thank Hello. you for help helping deciphering the first name. <laughs> because I couldn't what, read your handwriting. I apologize. What was there? And I go, Arturo Chavari. What yeah, do you yeah. mean? How are you? Listen, <laughs> welcome. Uh, thank you very much um, for allowing us to be here in front of you. I am a resident at 52 Arturo Chavari, 5245 Southwest 62nd Avenue. I have an acre lot. I, I'm an unincorporated Dave. I previously lived in South Miami off of 64th and Miller. So I agree with Adli Bosch and, and, and probably most of us that we would love the opportunity to be part of South Miami. I lived it and I love it. Um, I really appreciate the opposition of the zoning. One of the reasons why we love the area and why we stayed in this area, I've lived in the same zip code for 50 plus years and it's the greenery. 
It's the green trees, it's the shade, it's being able to take our grandkids for a walk. I do walk a little further north, I make a right, but I'm in a neighborhood that we really, really enjoy and love. Um, my kids went to play in Palmer Park, so I know the area, I love the area, and I can't thank you enough for opposing the zoning, because I know what it can bring, I've seen what it can bring, and it's just gonna bring, trees are down, it's just, it's, it's gonna be unpleasant. Our area built more heights is an area that people want to come into, and I guarantee you 100% that it's because of the greenery, it's the safe, it's, it's we can walk, we can take our grandkids and enjoy uh, the area. So I would like to add to exclude or the alternative deleting condition number three okay. as part of it, and I thank you very much. Thank you for that. Can we, can we discuss, is it about this item? He lives near there. Well, let's, let's, let's pick up that conversation when we actually take up the item. Uh, Mr. Miles Black, please. Hey, good evening. Mission. Miles Black, I live uh, 5951 Southwest 44th Terrace in Miami-Dade District 7. My property is on the park. Most of you know this, but for the record, uh, people need places for recreation. Cities provide parks for the residents, from babies and strollers to kids after school and adults after work. People need to get out and move to be healthy and happy. South Miami Park serves the city of South Miami and Day District 7. It's nestled right in the center of houses on three sides and David Fairchild to the north, so it's very much a community uh, location, a neighborhood location. Um, definitely needs bathrooms, water fountains, more shade trees. Um, I think the improvements are probably overdue. Um, the park did function really well in a much smaller capacity for probably 70 years, so it's not about size, it's about quality. Um, so the proposed plan, which includes, um, you know, upgrades to the infrastructure and also has turf fields and lights, seems like a little bit more than what the park needs. Uh, plan makes about 80% of the field unusable on evenings and weekends. And it does this while creating some negative impacts on the neighborhood, um, traffic, noise, and ambient light. So essentially millions of dollars are going and uh, the result for many of the neighbors is sort of like a punishment. Um, we're gonna have uh, traffic running for about five hours after you know people get home from work. There's gonna be noise later under the new proposal. And the park is basically gonna have a single use for most of the time. Uh, right now, kids can't ride a bike in the streets after school because you know, sport parents are racing in and out of the neighborhood. They can't ride a bike in the park either because the entire space is pretty much dominated by play-to-play -play organized sports. The types of recreation aren't for everyone. Sometimes people just want to throw a ball or fly a kite or play some made-up game outside in the grass. This field is the opportune place for all that and more, so long as it is free to the public. This park is essentially not available to many of the residents. Um, so, to the point, I know it's been a long meeting, I know you guys are well aware of most of our positions on this, but uh, I don't oppose the improvements, I support it, but I think the improvements need to benefit everybody. This is a neighborhood park and a community park, and 
put a nice soccer field, maybe a lot smaller than what you have planned, and it will reduce the negative impacts. It'll be safer for players and residents. And you'll have a much prettier environment for the future. Uh, this could benefit the kids from David Fairchild after school, the uh, older residents in the neighborhood that aren't putting on soccer cleats anymore. And you'll have a lot of money left over that can go where it's more needed and where it's more wanted. Thank you for your comments. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Jose Antonio Hernandez. Good evening. Hi, good evening. Jose Antonio Hernandez, my address is there. Um, I just wanted to, I wasn't planning to speak, but I was asked by N.A., a fellow neighbor who previously spoke, uh, to clarify so that it's on the record she had to leave, that she is against the rezoning and she can send you a note. Um, we'll take you at your word. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> But I also wanted to echo all of the fellow residents, uh, my, our gratitude for what you're doing uh, for item number 11. I also wanna build on something that Ali Bosch said about spot zoning. Uh, there are more than 80 acres, there are more than 81 acre properties in that area. It is not compatible what they're asking for with that area and that is not even being addressed. Uh, on top of that, there is no plan. Whatever they do today is, is, is irreparable. We cannot change that and it's gonna, complete, it's gonna create the domino effect that everyone's uh, talking about. Um, I do wanna acknowledge that you've listened to your constituents and we appreciate that and we're so thankful. Uh, again, a um, super important point. Oh, we had over 200 neighbors at the CZAB meeting Every single one of them was against the rezoning. That is on the record. I need you to, un to, to acknowledge that. Uh, CZAP opposed this rezoning. So it is not something that's gonna be out of character for you to. And so the one thing that we do ask is for you to strike the, in the alternative and just go and deny it across the board. Thank you. Thank you. For the mayor? Yes, sir. Jose Antonio, can you do me a favor and, and let us know what currently the commission or the Miami-Dade Commission is reviewing and what's the date, time, and anything you can publicly put out there? Or am I putting you on the spot? No, if if we knew, I would share it with you. What this, is it currently right now? So right now, it was we were the commissioners were supposed to hear this in December. Um, it was postponed to January. We got everyone together in the neighborhood. We had a date. Uh, we have buses. People have asked to be bused to the commissioner's meeting at nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, it got changed again, it got canceled for February. February got canceled and it is currently in March. That is all we know. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Del Travis Williams. Almost. Good evening. Good evening. My friend Javier. Good evening, commissioners, uh, city staff, residents of Travis Williams. My address is on the record. Um, just recently celebrated a birthday last week, turned 45 years old. Birthday. Um, on that note, seen a lot of changes in 45 years in this place. I'm old enough to remember a wholesome bakery, going to kindergarten and smelling that bread. Um, I want to talk about changes. I know residents are here 
talking about a lot of the things going on in the neighborhood. My neighborhood is a Marshall Williamson neighborhood. It's a black neighborhood. I don't like that term, but it's changing. As of all around us, South Miami's changing. Can't stop change. Change is gonna happen, it's inevitable, it's gonna happen. I wanna talk about the public housing that's, not the public housing, I'm sorry. The housing, workforce, workforce housing that's happening in my neighborhood. I wanted to succeed. I think inclusion is good. But I'm a little concerned about the prices. And I say that because I know you, some of you know, but many guys and others don't know, I'm a veteran. I moved, went to the Navy in 97, came back 2011, almost 15 years. And I come back to my city Get a job at the VA. And I'm right at the threshold of not being able to stay in there. And I'm mentioning this because I want to stay here. This is my home. I'm a fourth generation South Miami. And I'm not the only one that's concerned. There's a lot of us concerned. I've been to both of the meetings we've had. I had one tonight. We had one two weeks ago. I'm going to work with the CEO and the people that are building it. I think they want me there too. <laughs> um, but I'm concerned about my residents. I'm concerned about my neighbors. I'm concerned about these families I've known who, like I said, predate this city. We need to do right by everybody, not just the people that work for housing or people that can afford market price, we need to do right by everyone. And like I said, I want this to succeed. It, it's, it's beautiful, it, it, it's, it's, it's well needed. And you know, like I said, you know, change is inevitable, nothing we can do about it. But if we're gonna do it, let's do it right. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Okay, uh, anyone else in the chamber who'd like to address this commission in public remarks? Mr. Reed, come on over, come forward. There are three people online. I know. So. Thank you so much, Gregory Reed, 6820 Southwest 54th Court. I'm simply here to announce the unveiling <laughs> of the Unity Wall. There we go. <laughs> at 62nd <laughs> Avenue and 64th Street um, on Saturday, February 19th, 10 o'clock in the morning. Come out to celebrate the, um, the unity of our community. So the, the Unity Wall, I hope you've seen it as you've been driving by, that it was the brainchild of United Survivors, a group of uh, six women, three black, three white, who came together to reach across the racial divides in our community. And uh, so Gail Alexander is the artistic um, author of the wall. And um, so many people have come out. We've had a couple of paintings. There she is in the mm -hmm. back, yeah. Uh, we've had so many people come out over, uh, over a, a few Saturdays to help us paint. So it's really been a, a marvelous experience. 
And the uh, financial backing came from Jerome Brown. We also thank uh, our mayor, Javier Fernandez, Commissioner Brian Corey, and Commissioner Steve Taye for their support for this, um, for this project. And we will also show <laughs> a digital reconstruction of the main street of Black South Miami as it looked in the 1960s based on the memories of some of the residents who grew up there and remember it as a lively, vital center. So that is a part of the, part of the whole presentation. Again, Saturday the 19th, 10 o'clock, 62nd Avenue, 64th Court, celebrate the unity of our community. There we go, thank you, Gray. And thank you, Gail. Okay. 17th. Oh, and Michelle, thank you as well. 17th. 17th. <laughs> Okay, Saturday the 17th, just one more time. Anyone else in the chamber who'd like to address, please come forward, thank you. And again, if we just get your name and address for the record, please. Absolutely. Thank you. Good evening, I am Sabrina Newville. I am, my address is 6090 Southwest 62nd Place. I have been a resident of South Miami for almost 40 years. I apologize for never showing up to any meetings because I was still a child, so mm -hmm. I thought, but I'm a grown-up now, and I have to really face those things. But my, cl my question comes with clarity as far as um, the apartments that are being built and who they're for. I've been hearing a lot of my neighbors or friends have communications about it. I just heard a gentleman speak, and the, one of the things that stuck out to me, he said, was he already had inquiries from UM. Well, every apartment that was built from Valencia to Red Road to UM was never included. And I just see that happening all over again for people just to um, be displaced. We're talking about, I just came up here after somebody who spoke about a wall of unity and I just wanna feel that. Now I feel it in my neighborhood, it's very mixed. I love my neighbors, but I want people that I grew up to feel that too. And I don't want them to be excluded. So I just wanted to be given clarity on how those apartments are gonna be. I see the paperwork. I'm not good with the um, the terms that you guys use, but I just kind of want to explain like who's it for, what we're going to do, and I just want to I just want to understand it in totality. I'll, I'll, the best I can offer you because we it's not a project that we have purview over contractually. It's a project that's uh, on a Miami-Dade County leasehold. My understanding is that they're uh, they have negotiated a lease that requires them to replace all the public housing units that were on the site, so essentially any family that was living there before can return to a fully subsidized unit in the project, mm -hmm. number one, uh, and then they're opening up units at various income tiers. Affordable. So this had nothing, sorry, because yeah, it had nothing to do with South Miami, this was a Miami-Dade thing? No, we, we, what, we what we, I believe, approved, and it wasn't the we in this current board, the prior board approved, the I believe, the site plan for both phases. Is my, and the city attorney may have some knowledge, it predated his tenure here, but. I believe that's accurate. We can follow up further for you if you like offline. Um, that is correct, Mayor. Thank, thank you, Commissioner Lieben. Yes, our institutional memory here. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, my understanding of the project, it has units that are supported with tax credits for people earning 30 to 60% of AMI. So we heard 80% is $56,000 or below. Uh, and we have uh, units above that at the workforce levels up to 120%. And then I believe there are some market units. What the distribution of the units across those income tiers are, I, I don't know. Okay. So, okay. I'm satisfied, and I too, I know you haven't seen me, but I've, I've 
I see where my standard of living is. I love South Miami. I appreciate you guys. I'm not here, but behind closed doors, I'm sure it's a hard job. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sabrina. Anyone else in the chamber who'd like to address? I'll give you. Okay, thank you. Please come forward. Your name and address to the record, please. Good evening. My name is Luke Delvat, owner of Bougainvillea's Old Florida Tavern, 7221 Southwest 87th Avenue. I am co-owner with Nicholas the Cat, who was not able to attend, so I'm talking on in, his, in his space. I'm addressing item number 17, which is uh, uh, allowing of food truck vendors to come. As the owner of Bougainvillea's Old Florida Tavern for the last 24 years, we witnessed the challenges facing the businesses in the city of South Miami. The recent reduction of operating hours, along with abandonment of shops such as Sunset Place, loss of businesses such as Taco Craft, which just uh, went away, is making South Miami less attractive to other areas such as Coral Gables, Coconut Grove, Wynwood, and downtown. We want to see South Miami have a vibrant nightlife. Uh, introducing a new law to allow late night food options would breathe new life into the community. It would allow us to have uh, diverse culinary options for late night. As you know, we have a bar that runs late night and we want our customers to be able to eat food that's going to help make it more safe for the community. Um, addressing the limited food options after 10 p.m. provides additional reasons for customers to spend their nights in South Miami instead of some of these other areas, and makes a responsible choices for safer nights, safer nightlife environment. As we know, individuals who eat before consuming alcohol will sober up more quickly and promote more um, responsible social, social, socializing. And because the proposal restricts food trucks to late night hours, it wouldn't compete with existing uh, establishments. We really do think that this is a good proposal that would help bring South Miami uh, nightlife and entertainment options for citizens and competition with other areas that exist in Miami. Thank you for attending. We appreciate the comments. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyone else in the chamber before we close public hearing, public hearing here in the chamber? Come forward. I'll give you, I'll give you 30 seconds. Go ahead, please. Uh, Kathleen McCauley again. I just wanted to be clear about one matter related to uh, the rezoning application, and that is uh, maybe you are aware of this or maybe not, but if more than five houses are built on that property, on that five-acre estate, then uh, it's my understanding that the uh, 60th place, that street, that street leading into 60th Court, has to open because to, uh, to provide emergency access um, you know, for fire trucks and uh, ambulances and so forth to a larger community. So um, if, if the rezoning is permitted almost de facto, the street will have to open. But if they just, uh, if the zoning remains what it is now, five houses, then, then that everything is fine. It's just once you go above that number. Sorry, so once you go above five, or once you go above five, some people say sometimes okay. the city, the uh, Miami Day will make an exception if it's six. 
But the bottom line is the, the uh, developer wants to, um, my understanding is build at least a dozen houses. So if, if you, basically, if the rezoning changes at all, uh, that street opens up, it will have to. Okay, thank you for your comments. Okay. Okay, seeing no one else in the chamber, we'll, um, Madam Clerk, is there anyone online who'd like to speak? Oh, sorry, Mr. Guerra, my apologies. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Commission. And I'll be brief. We've been here late, and thank you for your time. Um, I just wanted to comment. There's been a lot to unpack here, and I really appreciate everything you all are doing. Uh, making a referendum on a property that you don't have purview on is really interesting, and I hope that all of these residents that don't belong to South Miami, when a referendum comes up for an annexation or a uh, joining the city, that they'll all be in great support since you've supported them so much. Um, in, in reference to the uh, park, I did think that it was important to note that not only the commission, but the different boards like planning board and environmental preservation board have gone through extensive grueling of light distribution and the process that has happened on that. And I think it's important for the citizens that are concerned to know that that has been taken into consideration. The thousands of children that play there today are suffering injuries because of the condition of that park. Maintaining the grass the way it is, is a challenge. Many of the public parks in the county, many of the public schools in the county, many of the private schools in the county have gone to turf. I think we found that it has been an improvement to the uh, athletic process and to the children. And our children and our families are the future of the city. So I wanna make sure that we can help that move forward. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Okay, Madam Clerk, I'm sorry. Hi, good evening. Good evening, good evening. I'm evening. Deborah Powell and I have a very quick announcement. I'm here representing on behalf of the South Miami Black Cultural Affairs. We're having a South Miami Unity Festival uh, seems like it's going to be Festival Saturday. Uh, you can start out with the Rotary Festival that morning and continue the party at the Unity Festival, which will be from 2 to 7 at the Gibson Bethel Community Center. We're going to have Deep Fried Funk, which includes jazz, rock, RB. So we'll be having a wonderful musical uh, day that day, and we hope that you can make that. Start with the Rotary Festival and then end with the Unity Music Festival at Gibson Bethel. Thank you. Thank you for your work on that. Okay, one last, one last. Anyone else in the chamber? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Michelle, come on. <laughs> okay, uh, Madam Clerk, uh, I believe I see Catherine Garrido online. Can you unmute her, please? Catherine Garrido, you can unmute yourself. There you go. Good evening. Hi, good evening, everybody. Can you hear me okay? We can, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mayor, uh, Vice Mayor, Commissioners. Um, I think you've seen me all many times before uh, massively supporting the South Miami Park. This really is a gem, but it's a gem of a soccer academy. And this academy provides children ages four to 18 with the opportunity to play in our community without single mums like myself having to drive to other areas. You heard my son come and stand before you in the meeting last month. They can't kick a ball straight because they're not kicking on grass, they're kicking on soil and stones and rocks. And there's gonna be injuries if we don't address this sooner uh, rather than later. The lights are, uh, we've been using obviously for many years. We do welcome all of the changes and developments that have been proposed. I really do believe that the turf is the better option. We do not have the resources for a team of five or six people. And I know people try to compare into Miami and hard rock and grass facilities where there's a full team of people that I watch 
take care of grass. We do not have those options, unfortunately. And what we want is a safe uh, environment for our children to play. I believe that turf or hybrid options are very good and very available that should be considered. But I think that we need to do this sooner rather than later because we've been at this now for years. I think I've been coming to support this and I would love for my son and for his friends and the other children that play at that park to have the opportunity to play before they age out and have to move on to colleges and move away from the area. Uh, I really do want to see South Miami development happen in the next year so that we can all take advantage of this wonderful community uh, facility and not have to travel to other areas like Pinecrest and Coral Gables where the children are often having to go to because they can't play in a safe environment in our own community. Thank you for your comments. Okay. We appreciate them. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I see Mr. Kevin Testo. If you can unmute yourself, please. Kevin Testa, there you go. Good evening, Kevin Testa, uh, uh, 4990 Southwest 64 Place. Um, I, I was a benefactor of the newly uh, placed Paseo Park and can attest to what has happened to the neighborhood once a, a new park is added and the benefits of the artificial grass. We had lights put in, um, changed the dynamic of the park, gave us a meeting place. So tremendous supporter of what's being proposed at South Miami Park. My sons also play at that park. They ride their bikes uh, from Paseo Park over to that park. Um, and to see what a real park could be versus what we have at South Miami, um, it gives me great hope for what we're trying to accomplish at South Miami Park. So um, tremendous support and whatever I can do to help the commission, to help the city advance that. I'm really looking forward to, uh, to, to using the new park. Thank you for your comments. Thank you. I see uh, Ranjeev uh, Pandey, please. If you can unmute yourself. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Uh, is any, uh, everybody can hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, good evening, uh, Mayor, uh, Commissioner, and uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, I want to bring up to two items, number seven and number 17. First was brought it up, uh, Mayor, is about the parking. I saw one gentleman was talking about it. Um, I, uh, we have a one venue, Pub 52 in South Miami. It's been four years. It's a very decent, classy venue. I believe you did your two parties over there and you got elected. So I did, yeah. Channel. Yeah, it's a lucky channel for you. <laughs> That's for sure. I'm just kidding. Um, the parking is, a uh, gentleman made, is a good, uh, good um, proposition. He's making it, but it has to be for everybody. Not for gym. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's need to be recognized. The pub has at least 150 to 200 people come in Friday, Saturdays uh, for the. That's why we are still floating over there because of the large venue, and uh, parking is a challenge uh, for and for the employees as well. So and I'm not sure that and as a businessman I know the city also has to need to budget, uh, balance their budget. So I'm not sure how they can do the totally free for everybody, but if it's possible, subsidized parking, I think it can uh, it can more welcome, at least for employees. Jim uh, may be employed two or three, no offense to the gentleman, two or three employees maybe, more mostly, attendance. We have 25 to 30 employees works in the Pub 52 in a given time on the weekends when the, uh, the place is busy. So in that matter, yes, if uh, if parking is going to subsidize, it needs to be subsidized for everyone. Uh, that's, that's what, the first suggestion. Second in agenda number 17. 
I understand the boogie gentleman went and talk about it. I get that his part, but there's no shortcuts the way I see it. You want it, you can build it, uh, do it a whole uh, old fashioned way, put a half a million, quarter, uh, quarter million and build a kitchen and cook. Because under the, re uh, the reason we, uh, behind is the we the, the pub and uh, ceviche and the Italian guy and the further down restaurant, we have expenses. We have a variable expensive, fixed expenses. That's what we are there over there. And we are, the way, uh, we are still bearing it when the city is trying to build their way to the next chapter. So that is important for me. Food truck, first of all, food trucks are by, they say 10 p.m. The pub makes money on the weekend. That's why we are still there because of the large venue. And we close kitchen around 11.30. They're gonna kill the business of ceviche lover or whatnot very soon, very quickly, very fast. And that's, I will not tolerate, I'm not, uh, forgive me, I'm not trying to be very aggressive because that this is a shortcut. The shortcut is, and after one o'clock, I've been an operator, for, been, I have a restaurants, hotels and whatnot in, in, South, uh, in South Florida. After one o'clock, nothing good happen in any communities. It's like look into the South Beach. They're shutting down the uh, the way ornaments. They are keep doing it for whatnot. So, I want boogies to do good. I like uh, I uh, I always support them for loss of them. I commend him when he went to take care of his uh, business to, uh, do, during the COVID. But the hustling is good, but the hustling too far, which is going to affect the other people. That kind of is concerned to me, uh, Mayor. Because it has to make sense, because it has to make sense for the rest of the people, those who are paying more taxes, more employing, empl employing and uh, employed employees. Mr. Mr. Yes. Rajiv, I think we have a question for you. So, uh, Commissioner Kaya, did you want to? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Raj, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> are you, uh, you, do you do takeout at your facility? No, we don't do takeouts. You don't do they, takeout? Uh, we, somebody can pick up the food, but we do not deliver, that's for sure. But they, you, they can pick up? They can pick up, yes. Is it something that's a, a, a amenable to putting your menu at different facilities so they can, you know, cross market and maybe order stuff at your facilities? Is that feasible? Yeah, they. I'm not too sure. I, I, I cannot. I have to talk to my general manager and the uh, corporate chef to figure that out because I'm, I'm. I do not make decision right away on the time, you know. So I that I can discuss with them. We can do that, but we can take it off. What is reach out exactly? Thank you. Raj, I have one question as well, and that is, uh, again, we're not, we, the hours that are proposed are fully intentional to avoid conflicts with existing brick and mortar establishments. So uh, obviously, apparently your kitchen stays open later than most that I'm aware of. Um, just want to get your feedback on whether if the hours of operation were pushed to a later start time, whether you'd still have the same objection. I would, it's, Listen, I, I believe in everybody should prosperous, okay? Even I'm the first person, I'm the gentleman, I don't remember. I congratulate him when he's able to save his business and boogies. Uh, I, because I'm that kind of person. The topograph is closed right now. It bothers me more than anybody else because that corner is ghost right now. So I pulled the ear of Spencer. I say, you better find a person, not the highest bidder. Find a damn person who's a good operator on the area who's familiar so we can fill the street up. And he agrees with me. So he's, uh, he's working on uh, uh, some uh, good operator I know, I think hopefully it will 
Be good. I'm okay if it's after 11.30, 11.45 or 12 o'clock, if they have a business, I'm, I'm, but not 10 o'clock because 10 o'clock and I, I don't, uh, Mayor, I don't, listen, Mayor, I don't have a time to police over there. I, I'm barely, I go over there once a week or twice a week and whatnot. So I don't have a time to police uh, uh, and I'm sure the rest of the owners of the restaurants as well. We want Boogies to do good. We want them uh, their staple place for, for the last 24 years over there or whatnot, only yeah, it's fine. But 10 o'clock time is is too early and too soon because it's it affects our operation. If they want it, with all the respect, they can pull a permit. There's a huge lot in the well, back. I, uh, understood, understood, understood. Appreciate that feedback. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Brett Pfeiffer, if you can unmute yourself, please. Uh, hello, good, good evening. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to the, uh, the people who live in the community uh, around the uh, South Miami Park. Uh, I live at 4410 uh, Southwest 60th Place. Uh, you know, I, I, I understand that people uh, want to uh, have upgrades to the complex and facilities at that park for uh, the people who play soccer there. Although I think some careful consideration needs to be given to the homes that actually surround immediately surround that park. And I, I hear the concerns of Miles Black and the other neighbors that actually have properties that bordered on the uh, on the edge of that uh, proposed complex. So I'm not opposed to uh, uh, upgrading the facilities and, and adding new things, but. I think some considerations about the scope of that project and how large it needs to be uh, should be considered, uh, especially for the people of that community. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Okay. Madam Clerk, is there anyone else online that I've missed? Anyone else on Zoom like to speak? Please raise your virtual hand. No. Okay, seeing none, we'll close public remarks. Uh, colleagues, just because we have some folks in the room on those items, uh, without objection, I'd like to take up item uh, 11. Madam Clerk, could you read that resolution to the record, please? Yes, item 11. A resolution of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, opposing Miami-Dade zoning application number Z2022-0001118, filed by Garcia Carrillo, 56th Street, Revocable Trust, for the rezoning of the property located at 5979 Southwest 56th Street, Miami-Dade County, Florida, particularly opposing recommended condition number three, which seeks dedications to establish a new street connection between Southwest 54th Terrace, 60th Place, and 60th Court, urging the Miami-Dade Board of County Commissioners to deny the appeal of zoning applications number Z2022-0001118 or in the alternative, deleting condition number three of the staff recommendation, which seeks dedications to establish a new street connection between Southwest 54th Terrace, 60th Place, and 60th Court. Thank you for that, Madam Clerk. Before we entertain a motion, is there are there any questions of the city attorney or of the administration on this item? No questions? Well, I guess, uh, Mr. Mayor? Yes, sir. If, <clears throat> can you speak to what, so it's public, uh, the, I've seen, I heard a lot of requests for the mod or the strike on the verbiage that we had used. Can you just quickly speak to that, what that would do? Sure, so. Uh, Actually, why don't you, can you, can you, I think, if I can just rephrase your question. Thank you. Can you speak to the form of the resolution? Is it a is it a urging for a denial, and in the alternative, if they choose not to deny at least to strike condition three. 
Correct. It is, okay. it is, it is seek, yeah, it is urging the county commission. This is a county commission application. This is Miami-Dade County jurisdiction property, just north of city of South Miami property. Um, it's uh, South Miami is on the south side of Miller. This is on the north side of Miller. Um, the, the resolution is urging the county commission to deny the application, number one, uh, particularly because of condition number three, which uh, is the condition which is requiring a dedication of land in order to connect uh, those two streets. The, uh, the, the, it's, it's a curved street, right, um, at that point, and then, and then there's, a, there's a street that goes northward. And I, I guess the, uh, the, the concern is that it would encourage cut-through traffic to, through the neighborhood to the south. Um, in terms, so what it's saying is it's opposing the application because of that, and then it's saying if the county's going to approve it, strike that condition. Um, there was some discussion, uh, I think, raised this evening about if it's more than certain, a certain number of units that the county will require it. There is a provision in the county uh, platting uh, regulations that requires a secondary means of, of okay. egress if for emergency vehicles, um, but it can be waived. So that it's not, I, and I don't know what they have been told and, and the county may have already taken a position, but there's nothing in the recommendation that, that, would, that would speak to that. So I'm just putting that out there as, as kind of the, what, what we know at this point. Okay. Um, does that answer your question? Okay. Further questions? Would it be possible if we didn't do that, what everybody's saying to exclude it or do the and or, would it be possible then to highlight that number three as like we really, we don't want any of this, but we really don't want that. It, because right now it sounds like an and or. That's how it's intended to be styled. I think th okay. as yep. it was drafted. It's intended to be a statement against the application in general, mm -hmm. but if they're inclined to approve it, the rezoning at least not require condition three to be correct attached to the request. Correct. Okay. So that's why the and or is there. I just wanted to highlight that for the purposes of the people here in the public. Yeah. Further questions? I have a question because I, and again, I apologize. I don't know exact the exact conditions, but do we have another uh, multi-acre assemblage that um, touches upon the same street? There's one right down uh, just to the east of okay. this property. So I, I just want to be clear because I my, my my concern is I don't want to give people false hope. I, we want to support our neighbors in this, but potentially if both if both properties decide to subdivide their respective lots and in total equaled more than five or six homes, they might be still required to open that street, whether we took a position in adverse to it or not. Well, so, so this is that, one- Is that a possible- No, no, I, don't, I think the, 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 the multi-acre assemblage is it's further north. To the east, it's on a different street. Okay, so would that's not what I wanted to confirm. Okay, I just didn't want to do sure. something that could be easily circumvented or defeated. Right. Okay, yeah, okay. okay, that's fine. So any further questions? No, and, and, and I just was trying to clarify with Commissioner Faria because I know he lives in that area and I didn't know if he lived in actual Biltmore Heights. I do. I know that that, that affects you as well. It does. It, not favorably. Mm -hmm. I know I've walked your neighborhood. It's an awesome place. <laughs> Sorry. It's an awesome place, y'all. Okay. Commissioner Liebman, any questions, sir? Uh, no, just, just some comments. So again, okay. I'm going to support the commissioners have no trouble voting on this we're spending a, a lot of time on this when it's not not a south miami issue we, we are charged with representing the residents it's fine we try to help the greater good we should be clear on a, on a couple things 
we only have so much political capital. So this does come at a cost. There's an opportunity cost to this. The more we're gonna ask the county for, the less we'll receive for our own residents who we are charged with representing who pay taxes and so forth. We all, we all know this, this is not debatable. The more you ask the county for, the less you receive. That's one point. The other point is, is traditionally, it's the more you ask people believe, the more you ask for, the more you'll get, right? Start high. That's not really the case with the county, your point, Mayor, I think it's a point you were trying to get at earlier. You have to be very pointed. If you ask for two or three things, it's much easier to say no across the board. If you ask for one specific thing, such as closing the street, not that it's likely, but it's more likely than getting, uh, than getting everything. And when the county looks at this, they also look at it as, well, here's South Miami, trying to extend their reach beyond their, their boundaries. So again, I'm fine supporting this, but we should all be cognizant of the, of the facts I just mentioned. All excellent points. Further comments? If there's a motion, I'll entertain one. Well, somebody might go first. Do you want me to do it? No, ma'am. Not anymore. Sorry. No. But thank you. I propose we move the item. Second. We have a motion by Vice Mayor Bonitz, a second by Commissioner Corey. Any final comments before we vote? Uh, so we do we is this the motion with the strike or where it's not intended? Should we I, I the motion I the motion is to approve the item, I'm assuming as presented. Do we want to modify that motion or I'll modify move, the I'll, item? I'll move the motion to add the, the modification. So you'd like to uh, offer no, a friendly already, I, I know you already have a first name. You'd like to offer a friendly amendment to the resolution to strike the alternative and just oppose the application? Yes. Okay, does the seconder accept the modification? N no, unless it's for discussion. Okay. Uh, do you want let's ha let's have a quick discussion on Commissioner Guy's request. Do you want to make your argument, sir? Well, my argument that's my neighborhood. So, <laughs> it's it's collectively that they unified and they're very tight and you know, I, I'm going to stand. No, we we are we are we are supporting oh, the denial. Yeah. So, I just want to um, I'm still be supportive, obviously. I'm just saying if it's okay. consideration, I'd love to have okay. that out there as well. Okay. So it looks like the no motion. looks like the seconder is not supportive. I don't know if he wants to withdraw his second and <laughs> let you second an alternative. How do we want to have a motion? Do you want to keep your motion? Um, I, I have a question. If we didn't word it this way, how would we word it so that we end up with something for consideration if they're looking to strike? I think his preference would be just to have a straight recommendation to deny and have no comment on any of the conditions. I think with the the, 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 the resolution is styled was intending to say. We're not in favor of it, but if you're going to approve it, at the very least, don't stick them with opening the street. That's how I interpreted the, the resolution. Through the through the mayor, uh, yes. city attorney. Is that how you? I mean, that's how we all. I'm, I'm not doubting. So there's there's two two ways to that you can you can do if you want to you can strike just that section that says or in the alternative, right, and leave the reference to condition three in the main opposition opposition to this, particularly condition number three. You know that way you're drawing attention to to that. Or you could just say opposition with no particularly anything. I, I would say the first option, that's just my opinion. Particularly number three? Mm -hmm. Okay. If that's okay with the commissioner. Okay, we have a motion. Do you want to withdraw your motion, restate your motion, and see if there's a second for it? I'll restate to whatever Steve wanted. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so we have, we have uh, a request to withdraw in, I guess it's section two of the resolution? Uh, it would be the, the, the second clause of it, and in terms of... The section, it would just be, yes. So I think we'd be we're modifying <laughs> section two. Section three. Section, section three. three or section? Yeah. I'm sorry. So just yeah. so I'm clear, modifying section two or section three? Because I thought section two was 
dealing with the application of the condition, and then there's a section three in the resolution so, that dealt with the condition as a standalone. Section section two is the opposition, and then opposes any new. Uh, it, section two hereby opposes the application, particularly condition number three, and then it continues. This is the city. The city opposes any new connectivity between these streets, and then section three would be modified. Uh, the Third. second clause of section three which says, or alternatively, to adopt the application without condition number three. Okay. That's what will be deleted. Okay. I'm clear. So we have a motion by Commissioner, sorry, Vice Mayor Bonich did that again Just today. Just Lisa. There you go. Lisa, okay. Is there a second to her restated motion? Just I'm going to second it. Second by Commissioner Calle. Okay. And Okay. He might have a comment. Yes, yeah, sir. You have a comment on the motion. Yeah, I just wanted to comment that I am in opposition to the resolution. I do believe the original one has a better chance of avoiding the real egregious offense here, which is making that, that cut through street, which is why I wanted to support the original one. But I am in opposition to it, so I won't oppose it. The the approval of the amended resolution. Okay. <laughs> he is in opposition to the original motion. You're going to vote in favor of this item as modified. Okay. Perfect. And now I'm clear. Uh, Commissioner Liebman, any further comments or are we good? Okay. With that, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll on the motion as, as the on the item as amended. Yes. Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonich? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Item passes 5-0 as amended. Thank you. So uh, moving on, if we can address item. Is it seven? If we can take item nine. Before we uh, hear a motion on the item, are there any questions of Mr. Grace regarding the request for support for the festival? Yes. Okay, so Mr. Grace, would you come on up? Want me to read it first? Or? If you could read it, please, thank you. Thank you for keeping me on track. <laughs> yes. Item nine, a resolution of the City That's Commission good. of the City of South Florida authorizing the waiver of certain event-related fees and costs in the amount of $36,094 pursuant to Section 15B6 of the City Code for a special event known as South Miami Rotary Art, Art Festival presented by Notary, Rotary Foundation of South Miami to be held on Saturday, February 24th and Sunday, February 25th, 2024 on Sunset Drive from US 1 to 57th Avenue. Thank you. I, before before we uh, open up for questions, I just wanted to quickly maybe level set the request. Um, I suggested this arrangement in terms of support. Uh, my rationale was number one, I think we overstate the parking revenue that's being waived. We've discussed this before. By my calculation, our direct investment either in waived fee, waived revenue, actual revenue that we would receive from parking receipts, or and in cash would be just uh, in excess of $18,000. So I want to level set that. I know the resolution represents a much larger number, but those are indirect fees for, you know, that we, it's not revenue that we're foregoing. So. But with that, any questions of Mr. Grace by any members of the commission? If I may. Yes, sir. Um, thank you so much. And, and my understanding is that you are new kind of to this, you know, organization as, you know, taking over and taking it to this next level. Is that my understanding? Or you've been, you know, kind of around this festival? It's been a long time. Okay. For some reason, someone told me that there's a new group of you guys that are trying to do something different, which I hear you guys are. Um, and maybe I misunderstood, so I apologize. Uh, what, what are we doing from a publicity perspective, PR, communication? I haven't heard or seen much yet from, from the Rotary on, on the new SOMI and the new development. I know 
Uh, we have a lot of people that would love to help. Uh, this commission base is really resourceful on helping as well. Um, so what 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 have we have, what 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 have we done to kind of start publicizing that since it's so close to that date? Right. So th this is the time frame that we really put the push on for the advertising. So you'll see it in community newspaper. I think the ad broke today in community newspaper. Um, it'll be on uh, the local radio stations that we advertise through. Um, the banners that, that we have, and we've got the banner going across um, Sunset um, right out front, um, which will be going up, I think, next week by, um, by statute. It can only go up so many days before the event. Um, and then all of our print advertise, uh, advertising in the Somi Magazine um, and, and the, the, the different local um, newsprint um, that that we have that we advertise and we spend about we spend about thirty five thousand dollars in advertising every year for the event. Um, of that, are we doing a, a specific push on digital? We have a huge following um, through digital, um, through Facebook, through um, Instagram, um, all of the social media platforms. We highlight our artists. We highlight the city. We highlight our sponsors. Um, all of whom, you know, participate in activities throughout South Miami. I'm assuming we're also in the newsletter for South Miami. You, we are. We've we met with we've met with the the advertising team uh, for the city to strategize on um, co-advertising. Great. And if there's any publicity that we have or any marketing that we're also to publicize our parking garage, so it's clear that that is an avenue people can go park. You know, centrally located to sunset and people can easily get in and out of that is that something we could do for 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 the city of south miami yes and on top of that um all of the, the the two stages that we have also list all of our sponsors of which the city of south miami um will be listed there um for everyone to know that the city of south miami helped sponsor this event um and um we want to be great partners uh with the city on all of that and we're looking forward to that great. thank you thank you Further questions? So Grace, can you just highlight very quickly uh, some of the outreach you've done with local business to get them incorporated, whether it's restaurant, is the existing establishment, just to get them involved in the festival itself? Sure, so we have, um, you know, at least one restaurant is actually going to come out to the street and be a food vendor for us. Um, they're a little bit off where, you know, sunset, so they're not quite in the, you know the direct reach of of our uh, of our uh, constituents so we made them the offer to be a vendor and to come in and sell their food uh, with our other food vendors and so this will be the first time that that has happened so they're they're really um, eager to do that as are we we follow the same rules of closing the street down so we've been to all of the merchants in our, um, in our program book, we are listing every business in the city of South Miami um, because we want to promote those businesses. And one of the reasons why we want to stay open until nine o'clock with music and entertainment um, is so, again, we can have that spillover. You know, when you get 20,000 people that come into the city during the day, what a shame that they leave at six o'clock when the tents go down. Um, we want them to stay, and, and that's why we are really pushing the musical venue on the street 
in hopes that they visit the restaurants when the, the artists close and that they visit the establishments as well. Further questions? Uh, Commissioner Liebman, recognized. Uh, thank you. Um, and and uh, thank you, sir. Sir, uh, first question, um, and thank you for your service. Uh, what, what is the name of the restaurant that is participating? Sports Grills. Sport, okay, so, so sir, please let me correct you that that restaurant is not in South Miami. So, and now how many vendors do you have selling food? Um, we have uh, three other vendors. Total, so, Total. so four, four food vendors. Correct, and we, we intentionally don't have vendors that currently are serving the type of food that they will have. Okay, thank you. And then, and it's okay if you don't know or you don't answer, but is, do you, are you familiar with whether or not Chamber South is gonna continue to have an art festival? Chamber South, hasn't, Chamber South hasn't had their art festival since before COVID and they, they are not planning on doing it. I'm also a member of Chamber South, so I know that they're not planning on doing it, but I can't okay. necessarily speak for their future. Thank you. Further questions, Madam Vice Mayor? Okay. Um, is there a motion on the item? I'll move. Actually, uh, yes, Commissioner Lehman, yes. The applicant, but I guess I'd like to discuss this with the commission. Sure, go right ahead. Why don't you open up the conversation? So, so certainly. So, one thing previous commissions agreed with me on is what I never really understood was waiving money, sort of in the, in the form of a rebate, where the city will waive, let's say, $20,000. And then an applicant will, let's say, offer $10,000 in scholarships to the city. I'd rather waive less. The city acts like a charity in countless ways, just a litany of, of you know, charitable endeavors that the city is involved with. So as opposed to the city waiving money, that's it's essentially making a donation to another organization to then make donations within this within the city or in the surrounding area, that's one thing that never made sense to me. Um, the other thing never done in my 12 years in this day is, and Mayor, I know you said that we're not gonna waive as many fees as proposed in the ordinance, so I'd like that to be clarified. One thing we've never done in 12 years, we've never waived uh, police fees uh, outside of a, of course, a city, city event. So I, I, I do not, Want to start doing that now although the same way i voted the last 12 years which is to waive what we've waived consistently for the last 12 years and then the other thing i'll say is i know we want to attract events but um it's, it, it doesn't benefit the retailers and it doesn't benefit the local restaurants and restaurants aren't in a position to move their brick and mortar kitchen into the street i know that was a solution that was offered many years ago but restaurants just aren't in that position and then they were even offered free space. They don't, they don't have the cooking facility, they don't have the staff, and it um, creates competition. And then people who shop on the weekends at the local boutiques aren't able to go there naturally because of the traffic. So it's just something that the commission needs to think about is whether or not it's a positive economic impact um, before you start waiving significant fees. Because the fees that were proposed in the item are significantly more than anything that's ever been ever been waived so we have to ask ourselves at what expense yeah i, I just want to mention one thing okay madam vice mayor go ahead i think waiving indirect fees 
is something to have a discussion about, but direct fees, things that are essentially already, you know, they're being covered by us and by our residents. I, I don't feel comfortable waiving that. So I understand the conversation that is being had about the parking meters and at $100, and is it this, is it that? I, I, the, the one that started the fight of the parking meters, you know, we're sitting right here. It's the two of us. And so... It wasn't a fight. It was just friendly, no, I'm friendly, saying yeah. we were yeah. fighting for we're showing for a real our cost. City. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and so I I think it, regardless of whether we want to look at it at the hundred dollars or at the thirty three dollars, it is something to waive. But I think waiving our our actual hard costs doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Further comments? Yeah. So for the record, what is the hard cost right now? I think it's like eighty something. Yeah, it's here. No, it's uh. Yeah, it's here. It's 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 less than it's less than $14,000. And now we're not we now again this proposal does not let's let's be clear. It's not we're 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 basically giving them a grant, I mean, of half of that amount essentially. Right? We're not giving them the money. We're not requiring them to pay the full 100%. So they're they still have an out-of-pocket cost. I, you know, from my perspective, the reason I proposed it this way, I share your concern about wa waiving those direct costs. It is a real expense for the city. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know that any of us put 200 hours into any one thing in South Miami, and this group of volunteers does. They're very committed here. As Mr. Grace does not work here. He's got a full-time job running a very complicated school and organization. And so, and I know that they're trying to grow this event to drive more energy and activity onto our main street. We don't have many signature events. Uh, we had a conversation on an item where the event that we had just a week ago is extraordinarily profitable for the sponsor. And we were talking about waiving fees in that case, uh, whether they're direct or in, whether they're direct or indirect, uh, indirect fees. So uh, you know, I know different impacts, different benefits, but uh, you know, I, this is an event that you know highlights the city. I think in a very positive uh, way, which is the arts. I think it does have spillover benefits. We can argue what those are. Maybe we should study them, frankly, uh, going forward. But I think it's a very modest investment of our part of you know seven thousand dollars and change to basically try to curate uh, another event to drive activity into our town center. That was my rationale for doing it. I'll leave it to you all to say whether you want to support it or not. Yes, sir. No, I'll just follow up. I'm sorry, uh, Commissioner Lehman. Um, I'll just follow up with, with saying that, look, we, we, we here on the commission know that we want to make some changes in the downtown area. And that change is, is going to cause a lot of construction, a lot of heartache. And this is an opportunity to still bring in 20,000 people on a weekend where in a normal weekend, we're barely getting anything right now because of what's been going on over the last 10 years. So I'm all for it um, to, to move forward. I, I, on the contrary, I want to support it as much as we can. We want to grow it. We want this to be not only 20,000, I want it to be 30 and 40,000 as we move forward. I want, you know, not two music vendors. I want three different stages. You know, I want, I want to grow it where we continue to have this positive outlook in our community and in our city. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Can I just say something? Yeah, we'll I just, okay. Let me go, if I can. We'll go back around the horn. I think Commissioner Corey has not said anything. I'll then recognize Commissioner Lieben who had his hand up and I'll go back to you, Madam Vice Mayor. Okay? Do that. Yeah, I'll just mention that uh, obviously this, we don't have a key event. This seems like it would be ideal in our general discussions that this is the kind of event that we could grow. Obviously the Porsche event is something that we do want to see more of. We don't really necessarily know if that's going to be something consistent. It certainly hasn't in the past. I do think that 
in this case, I think maybe some special exceptions would make sense to, to, to put an event into the forefront. So. Commissioner Liebman, you're recognized. Yes, thank you. Just something I want to share with the commission. Um, relevant, not germane specifically this item. Think about it. We'll talk about it later. But I had a meeting with the city manager, deputy city manager, and um, Brandon, our new marketing coordinator. One thing I'd like to suggest to the commission at a later date or you to think about is having every applicant, which I know this group is doing, and kudos to them, but in addition, make it part of the application to include a marketing budget and marketing plan, which will benefit the event and benefit the uh, city, and the city can then assist with that. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is, Mayor, will you please, because the item says waive $36,000. So will you, and you can do it after the vice mayor speaks, will you be more specific on what we want to waive and if that does include uh, any police time or police hours or yeah, public so work? So yeah, I'm happy to address that really quickly. So the, the 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 parking meters number, as we've discussed before, is overstated by a factor of three times, right? So it's roughly $7,100 in real revenue that's deferred, that's not received by the city by virtue of our action. So that's that's number one. It's not 23-4, it's you know $7,100 and change. What I'm proposing, okay. in addition, we're gonna waive the indirect MOT and street closure fee of 1850. The public works materials and equipment indirect fee of 575. Those are not cash outlays. Where, where I, I, I understand your reticence, what I'm just saying we suggest an alternative approach is that we waive 50% of the direct costs for p police department fees and public works staff, right? And I think that totals roughly $7,722. So that's, that's uh, to summarize. Sorry, I know where you spoke and it's the vice mayor's turn. Fine waiving all the parking fees, street closure fees, all of our barricade equipment fees, but I'm not okay waiving our public works staff time and our police time. Never done that in 12 years. Understood. Uh, I respect your position. Thank you. Madam Vice Mayor. I just think there's one more thing to consider when we do something like this where we're waiving direct costs is, you know, aside from Commissioner Liebman saying we've never done it once in 12 years is you've never done it until you do. And when you do, then it becomes something that exists. And when it exists, more people will ask for it. And when more people ask for it, then you are more amenable to doing it. And I think we see that in the indirect costs that routinely get waived. Like, like we've had the conversation before, why do we make our staff go through the mental gymnastics of coming up with these numbers when we consistently waive them? That is bad on us bad on us that we haven't either nipped this in the bud or done something so that this just isn't even something that is considered so that then the only thing we consider is a hard cost and a direct cost. As long as we don't do that and as long as we start playing with a direct cost, we're, I think we're doing it at our peril. So I, I, I'll just end with this thought and maybe we can call the question, which is we couldn't, we couldn't curate an event like this for what we're investing in it. Right, and so I think, you know, I want to do honor to the work that these folks are doing, which we are basically leveraging by a factor of, I would say at least 10 to one, their time, their direct inv economic investment in putting on an event that markets our city and brings 25,000 people to our town center. And so I, I think that's why it makes sense. I can't think of too many other events that have ever been presented to us that have this impact, that are run by a nonprofit. Uh, we can talk about the event that happened last week, again, for-profit partner, and it was a great event, and we should do more to support it going forward in the future. 
But here, I think the situation is different, and we're getting a tremendous return on what is, I think, a very modest investment and something that we should be doing more for the sake of marketing our town center. So, I'll, so any last comments? I have a comment. Of yes. course I do. Please, go ahead. Mind you, I buy art every year, so it's not even like I don't go there and spend money. I, I, <laughs> saw, you, I, saw, you under, I saw you at the neighboring <laughs> festival for Bow Arts, so I know oh, you'll be there. Oh, man. Yeah. So it, it's more for us a who we want to be when we grow up. And guess what? This made us grow up. So letting this vote happen, which it will, and making whatever decisions we will, which I can, you know, they're in the tea leaves already. It's more a matter of put your money where your mouth is. And if this is not, if what we have is not what we're happy with, then do something. I tried to do something, it didn't work. And now guess what? In taking direct costs and making them a you know, something that we are willing to negotiate on then puts the onus on the, on I say the people on this day is that decided that that's a good idea to then reroute how we do business so that we don't have this conversation over and over and over again because I can tell you when you open Pandora's box, maybe you know what, maybe everybody here is thinking hopefully and that's, that's good too, but something needs to happen. You can't just say yes and then walk away like this had nothing to do for you. Uh, Commissioner Kaye. Well, I, Vice Mayor, I agree with you in normal standards, but we're not in a position right now that we can get all that, right? We're not in a position where we can have art festivals and be successful and bring ten to 20,000 people like that. We, we just don't have that right now. We don't have the units, the people living in, on South Miami. We just can't do that right now. And I think today we can do this. Maybe in three years when we have a different you know, look in the city, won't need that, and you're, you'll be 100% right. But in this particular instance, in today's day in South Miami, I think it's needed. That's just my opinion. I, I agree with you, but I don't think today's the day. I, I, I agree. Okay, with that all said, I'd like to move the item. Is there a second? Second. Okay, we have a motion and a second. Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Calle. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Liebman. No. Vice Mayor Bonish. No. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Yes, item passes 3-2. Thank you very much. Colleagues, uh, any items you want to take up next? What do we have? We have, uh, I think, items that will generate some conversation. Probably 17. You want to take, let's take item 17, please. Did the board approvals? Or? Uh, well, let's, we'll, we'll knock those out at the end. Uh, if you can read item 17 into the record, Madam Clerk. Yes, item 17. An ordinance of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, amending Chapter 4, Alcoholic Beverages, Article 1, in General Section 4-2, Conditional Use Approval of Requirements, Non-Conforming Use, Certificate of Occupancy, and Chapter 15, Offenses and Miscellaneous Provisions, Article 1, in General Section 15-63, Mobile Vendors of the City Code of Ordinances to modify conditions related to food service in connection with the service of alcoholic beverages including allowing mobile food vendors for drinking place bar lounge within the hometown district under certain conditions. Okay, thank you for that. Um, are there any questions regarding this item? If not, I'd like to move it with a modification. What's the modification? We can. The modification I'd like to propose is to change the hour, uh, the start time to 11 p.m. Madam Vice Mayor, would you like to discuss the item? Yep. I, 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 
found the conversation with Raj of Pub 52 very interesting. I feel that there are some things that need to be discussed and I know that I hit upon them when I had this discussion, I wanna say with our city manager, I can't remember really with who, is one, even if you have these things, whether it's 10, 11, you are going to have these food trucks in whatever establishment they go to coming in earlier, prepping earlier, so they are, they are arriving when our patrons are at restaurants, whether or not they are actively open at that time. So if you were to take, I'm not gonna use boogies as an example, just because where they likely would be coming in through is not really obstructing a lot of people, mm -hmm. but that's not the case at other establishments where you have people dining on a sidewalk and then a food truck, it, for lack of the right word, going, ee, 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 you know, back and forth trying to find a, a good way to, to position themselves. And you've got, actually, I spoke with a gentleman who has establishments that bring in other food. And it was interesting. He said, do something similar to Pier 5 where you can have the ability to have food delivered to the bar. So if we're looking at something where the conversation is happening, hey, this is open, that's a possibility. Also, give them a temporary license for six months to test adding food. And then if they are able to do that, then they have to do something more permanent on their lot. We also need to see if we can do something that is not an eyesore. Food trucks by nature are extremely unattractive. No matter how you wrap <coughs> it, they're ugly. And so if you're going to position these in an area where there is movement, perfect example, boogies, because that one's open, you've got to find a way if, if it's voted through to kind of hide this from the street because they've got an open parking lot and now you've got a food truck on this parking lot. You've got people, I understand Taco Craft is not open, but somebody will be going there. You've got patrons that are going you know, to Ceviche Lovers. They're going to all these restaurants on that street, yet they're passing this eyesore on their way to anywhere. And so there has to be you know, noise. You've got a, a generator that's making a ton of noise. Okay, so do you have to have a siren generator? Because that is a pain in the you know what. You've got, you know, so you've got noise, you've got the, the visuals of this, and you've got direct competition in a place where they're not paying the fees or carrying what other places have to carry. So I think we would need to look at those before we do something like this. Fair points. Further comments? Well, uh, Commissioner Lieben, you recognized. Go ahead, sir. No, please, I'll, I'll follow. I'm sorry, Commissioner Corey or Commissioner Kaye. Yeah, I guess I have a similar concerns and maybe just unintended consequences. Have we thought about what other um, properties might be able to avail themselves of this and, and moving forward down the line? Who else might be able to use this as well and perhaps look at any other yourself, let me Let me just kind of give you my, my, my analysis of it. It's probably two, two, two establishments that are bars without restaurants, which I think is basically how you are eligible for this. Uh, I think it would be um, uh, Boogies, and then the only other bar without a restaurant that I'm aware of, which it currently has an illegal food truck operating, is the Gentleman's Club down the street. Right. So those are the only two properties I believe would be eligible. It's an open category. 
if someone were to establish a restaurant without a bar, they potentially could be eligible. But again, I, you know, at that point in time, we can certainly, again, you know, I think there's been a couple good points made here. One is I certainly, I don't know that food trucks are quite the eyesore. I might disagree with you on that point, but um, they're only gonna be there for, they're not there all day, they're gonna be there for a limited period of time. Uh, certainly I wanna address the competition question, which is why I wanna modify the start time. Again, respecting Raj and the investment of other brick and mortar operators, it was not our intention to put people in competition with those folks that are paying taxes and have all the requisite overhead. But I think maybe a model, if we can take it up between first and second reading where we give people uh, a temporary authorization for a limited duration. So this is not a vested right, might be a way to deal with this so we can see how it works. If it's not working, we can always rescind, we can rescind that authorization. So I think those modifications, um, Madam Vice Mayor, are all, are all good suggestions that I'm willing to incorporate as we move the item forward. Further comments? Yes, sir, Commissioner Liebman. Uh, thank you, uh, Mayor. The, the first question is for our, our city attorney. Um, Mr. City Attorney, will you agree that this makes the code uh, less restrictive? This is an ordinance and it's the opposite of more restrictive. This is, so uh, to, to that, Commissioner Lieben, this is not, we are not modifying the land development code in this, okay. we're, we're affecting the code itself. Okay, uh, thank you. Um, other thing I want to say is, is I, I heard a couple of things. Um, Mayor, you, you just said you didn't want to compete with an, an existing businesses, uh, op operational hours. Also in the ordinance it said it would start after any other business serving food in the area closes. But now you're contradicting yourself by saying that it would start at 11 when you just heard from a proprietor two doors down say that their kitchen's open till 1130. So why would you have it start at 11 and not midnight? I Commissioner Lehman, I mean, we can we can split hairs here. I, I agree. I don't know that the half hour is. I, I don't think that. Okay, fine. Uh, then I contradicted myself, for the record. I, but I think eleven o'clock is not an unreasonable time to authorize um, this this option. I'm okay. open. To, I'm open to suggestions from other parties on a start time. Okay. Uh, another big concern of mine is a lot of this one-off legislation seen it previously, supported it. There's one item legislation that caters to one specific project or one specific establishment. Now in this agenda this evening, we have two items that cater to a single business or maybe two. The parking, the way it's written is only to benefit a gym. Sure, I don't think that's a fair comment. We've, 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 I mean, there've been other items here and I'm not gonna well, go into. It's I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go into it right now. I think. I think. Hey, I, may, I, may I speak? You may. You, you may. But I just want to clear the record. Look, this is an hey. open category. If there's another bar or establishment that happens to open in South Miami, they can avail themselves as well. So I just want to be clear about that. Okay. So we have an item on the agenda, which was the way it's proposed is to waive parking for just one or maybe two gents. Um, the way this food truck item is written. It could benefit one business, which is Bougainvillea's, maybe two, which is uh, the strip club. Mayor, plenty of times referred to the strip club, gentlemen's club as a problematic business. I don't know why we would want to reward businesses that are referred to on the dais as, as potentially problematic businesses. Um, we used to have another establishment in South Miami. It's no longer here. Commissioner, for, uh, uh, on that question, because it, it, it sounded like a form of a question, 
I, I can't restrict the, the category to any one business, which is why if it's open to one, it's got to be open to all. So, Mr. Mayor, can I follow up on that? Yes, you may. Uh, can I ask the city attorney, um, city attorney, do because there is a restriction? I mean, how do we get approved? How do they get approval? Is it the land owner or the land um, or the leasee or the franchise leasee that has to apply for the, you know, for the food truck permit or whatnot? So Maybe the, I'm not stating that correctly, but. I think the way, the with way any, I think the, red, the, the the question is: Would the property owner have to approve of the of the of the permit to deploy the food truck on the property? So yeah, right now it's it's listed as the actual establishment is the one who would be permitted, who would receive this permit. So if we want the property owner to have to, I, I mean that that can be in, enforced. We can write it into the ordinance. So, Mr. So Attorney, I I would imagine that we're presuming in the legislation that they have the authority under their lease. Correct. To solicit such approval, so there's also the contractual matter between the private parties as to what they can or cannot do with respect to seeking approvals from the city on the leasehold. So, I, if we need to clarify that, I, I would agree. I would want the property owner mm -hmm. uh, or some evidence that they're authorized under their lease to solicit such an approval or request. Okay, um, we used to have a business in South Miami, Irish Times, no longer here. They catered some after hours in the business crowd. It was. Not the element that we all say that we're looking to uh, track to South Miami. Um, Raj owns Pub 52. He brought up a great point earlier. Um, nothing good happens after a certain hour. It's how much uh, people say, oh, can you eat then? And food will absorb alcohol. How much do you want people consuming in our city and then driving on our streets and so forth? How late do you want bars staying open in the, in the city? Uh, the other thing is, to me, that this is just offensive to all the other businesses, especially when right across the street, you said Taco Craft go out of business. Taco Craft isn't a standalone restaurant. All of their other locations are thriving. It's backed by the Anthony's Pizza Group, um, which sold out for a very handsome sum because of its success. And they roll all that revenue into, uh, into Taco Craft, yet it didn't succeed there. We should be focusing on helping our brick-and-mortar uh, restaurants which pay much more in taxes and of course, carrying costs and, and startup costs. In addition, they're subject to inspections, which I know you mentioned something last time, Mayor, but I don't believe, I don't believe food trucks are if we're concerned about- I believe they've got to get licensing through the, the state health department in order to operate. So that's uh, a separate condition that's outside of our permitting jurisdiction. So yeah, where I am on this is it benefits one business, not not the whole city. I'm looking to benefit the entire city. This is not an anti one establishment or anti foot, uh, food truck position. This is a pro South Miami restaurant position. And I think that we should be supporting and protecting our established restaurants as opposed to providing further unfair competition. What's being proposed now does conflict with current operating hours of businesses that have been struggling to stay afloat that also have uh, food service hours during, during the same time. Appreciate your comments, further, further comments. Yes, sir. Um, I was just gonna mention that obviously there have been modifications made based off of business owner feedback. Modifications have been suggested on the dais. I'm assuming a lot of that would go into second reading. So I would be very interested in seeing what would come from second reading. So. So I, I'd like to move the item at this time with a modification for an 11, 11 p.m. start time. Again, understand uh, Raj's um, position 
His establishment closes at 1, 1 a.m. from what I could tell online. This establishment stays open much longer. I'm concerned the reason for moving this is I, I, I think better to have something in someone's stomach before they possibly hit the road after having a few drinks than the alternative. It does have the benefit of helping, uh, I think, one establishment that has a lot of support and goodwill in this community. Um, it may help others. Uh, I, don't think it, I don't think it conflicts with uh, the majority of our, overwhelming majority of our brick and mortar establishments which close way earlier than, than this particular one or, or the time that we'd be authorizing the kitchen to stay open. If, you know, we will, I will have a meeting between uh, this meeting, I believe, Madam, Madam Manager, and the next with businesses in, in downtown to talk about a variety of issues. I will raise this particular piece of legislation with them. If I hear feedback that you know these hours they think are unfair or are gonna create uh, owner's conflicts, I'm happy to revisit the start time. But I'd like to move it with 11 a.m. and commit to the vice mayor that I, we will incorporate uh, uh, the items that you mentioned, some a temporary authorization and some consideration on the siting so that it does not create any conflicts with the street. And, and I say the noise, the, the you know, even more than being unsightly, both of those locations, one of them within a year will be at the corner of an entire building Correct. of residence. So that generator, as we all know from hurricanes, you can hear it from here to the moon. Yeah, I, we will get some more information on the operational requirements for a truck and whether it's using a large capacity generator that would generate significant noise. Okay. So with that, I'd like to move the item. Is there a second? With a modification of 11 p.m. I'll second. Okay, uh, any further comments before we close? You know, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Calle? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lima? No. Vice Mayor Bonish? I'm saying yes because I want to see what you're bringing back. I appreciate that, thank you. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Item passes 4-1 on first reading as amended. Okay, uh, we've got uh, folks from SRS here. I know we've got folks on the City Hall item. Which, where do we want to go next, colleagues? Yeah, we are. Let's do parking. You want to do parking? Okay. But if you could read, uh, which item is that? Item seven, please, in the record. Item seven, a resolution of the Mayor City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, amending schedule fees and fines to modify certain parking rates and fees for a South Miami parking garage. Thank you. Um, if I could ask Mr. Riverall a question, we, I, I had made a request of the manager to bring back a conversation on, on um, parking enforcement. Is that coming back next agenda? Yes. Okay. Commissioners, I, I, again, I, uh, Max, I apologize, but we are, you know, you can see that there's some uh, concerns, I think the rightful concerns, we, you know, my preference We'll discuss at the next meeting is to kind of revisit how we are indirectly taxing residents and patrons of our town center through parking enforcement. And, you know, we have a garage that's underutilized currently and not generating a whole lot of revenue, but for some businesses, the rate structure does not work. Uh, we've tried, at least I wanted to share with the public that's here. On this item, I started the conversation with a property owner, or the, not the property owner, we are the property owner of the garage we have a, a gentleman who owns a leasehold interest, and we did approach him about possibly cooperating with us to find a buy-down rates for the businesses that they derive, uh, you know, all the revenue from on a on a, a publicly owned asset under that leasehold through 2036. That conversation did not really generate any follow-up on their part, so I assumed 
that was an expression of not, not a desire to work with us. I, I want to be responsive to the public here and make sure that we are eliminating perceived barriers and real barriers to people wanting to come to our town center. You know, I think, you know, uh, I've heard from, from the owner of Complex, Jay, who is in the same building, about the fact that having a gym in the building generates, you know, uh, clientele for his rehabilitation practice as well. The same from M Fitness. Uh, I've heard complaints from them about parking enforcement in the early morning hours. And so I think the, 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 conf the combination of our enforcement policies on parking and our rate structure with the garage that's not utilized, frankly, is not really, you know, from my perspective, we built a garage, it should either be full and, and generating revenue or full if it's free, right? But having a garage that we invested, you know, $8 million in directly or indirectly that's empty all the time because we're trying to charge mythical $3 an hour uh, fees on is not helping us grow the business district and promote economic activity, which should be the purpose for investing the public's money in that structure. So I, I'm happy if we want to table this item and revisit it in conjunction with a conversation on parking enforcement, so we can have a more global discussion about how we tackle these issues in combination as opposed to just talk about the garage again. Uh, I just moved it to further item to, I guess, the February 20th agenda, where that item will also be on. We can have two conversations at one time. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. When we are ready to have that conversation, it would be extremely beneficial if we know, number one, how much revenue was being generated when the parking was at the 50% off, number two, what's being generated since then, and number three, what's being generated somewhere that is not the garage. Because we always, like you say, have a conversation about the garage, but we're never having a conversation in it, where we're comparing it to what's happening on the street, which is literally, you know, 50 feet away when you're walking from one spot to the other. And there's a lot of people complaining about parking in the garage, but I don't know that there are as many people complaining about paying the same amount or double just recently to, pa to park in the street, you know, so. People want to park on the street. I mean, that's, that's clearly, clearly obvious from what we see in terms of the revenue generated. I, just so you know, what I've asked for is also an analysis of the, of the distribution of when we're issuing parking tickets. Every seven goes Because, I, you know, I, I, nothing more offensive for, to me than seeing coming out of a movie theater Christmas Eve at 3.30 with my daughter and her three friends and walking, I parked in the garage because I knew it was free that month, but some poor sap parked on Sunset Drive and got a parking ticket at 3.30 on Christmas Eve. I mean, we're, we're the Grinch. So I don't know that that's what we, the, I, I just don't think that necessarily helps market our town center, nor does it help the businesses that we know are struggling there. So hopefully we'll get a distribution analysis of not only how many tickets by month, but throughout the course of the day when we're issuing tickets, because, you know, again, to Raj and some other business owners points, or, you know, if we're issuing tickets at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday when there's no one parking on the street, what are we really accomplishing? Yeah, maybe that's that's a further part of the conversation is yeah. from what time to what time are we going to do this enforcement? Correct. Because I know I used to go to Pilates at 7 a.m. and at, I think it was the 8 a.m. because I knew parking started like after We don't that. We don't enforce till 9 a.m. Yeah, okay, right. so there you go. I was like, I know I went early. I don't know if it was 7 or 8 because yeah. so then we know. So we're having the conversation from a complete place of knowledge. Yeah, so I, I with, without objection, Commissioner Lieben, did you want to say anything? Yes, sir. I do quickly. Uh, thank you. Um, four quick points. One, one was just uh, mentioned 
which is, yes, parking is free before 9 a.m. I'll argue that that benefits gyms disproportionately, but good for them. Um, it's not free, but we don't enforce. So however you want to articulate that sort of loophole. Um, I'm not saying everyone goes to the gym before nine, but it's probably when you see the majority of traffic. And then the way that gym specifically is structured is the 40 minute workout. So you figure parking, workout, leave, you're looking at 50 minutes, certainly under an hour. Um, second thing, the vice mayor brought up a great point uh, in, in terms of gauging the occupancy of the garage when parking was half price or free. I know it was somewhat controversial. We decided to, to your point, Mayor, you mentioned um, waiving parking during the the, uh, the holidays. Did we have any gauge of whether occupancy was greater? It's, and then the third thing I'll say is people don't value what they don't pay for. Um, but if, if this commission wants to uh, reduce parking, do it across the board for every business, every visitor South Miami, make it half off, which would be $1.50, make it a dollar an hour. Not going to say I don't care, but I have no problem with that. I'll support whatever price you want to associate with it, but I'm not in favor of an item that just benefits uh, one or two gyms in the, let's call it the, the parking garage building. Agreed. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Yes, Commissioner Corey. The only other thing I'd like to add, and I want to commend the mayor. Obviously, we're all trying to promote the downtown. You have three items tonight promoting the downtown. I just want this commission to also be supportive of ideas to promote the downtown. I know it's easy for all of us to kind of come in, and it is good that our ideas get picked apart. But moving forward, it'd be great to have a comprehensive uh, uh, parking strategy. I was actually looking at it as a potential amendment of this uh that we actually have a $65 um, a monthly fee, which is pretty much the same as all the other monthly parking availability at United Community Bank, shops, shops at Sunset Place and Plaza 57. So something I might wanna bring forward is, is lowering that more specifically for our garage to be competitive so that we're not at the exact same price, but you know, coming up with some, some, some better strategies on promoting the downtown and, and really reducing the parking burdens that we put on the people we want to, to go to downtown. Thank you for that. Okay, without objection, uh, can I get a motion to defer uh, item seven to uh, February 20th? I move the motion. Second. Okay. Uh, Madam Clerk, can you call the roll, please? Yes, Commissioner Calle. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Levin. No. But to defer? It's to defer. Jennifer. Yeah, no defer. Like I said last time, I want to kill it and bring it back the correct way. We keep kicking this can down the road and it keeps coming back the same way. Let's okay. do it to benefit all businesses and not just Fine. one I'll, or two. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll withdraw the item then. So let's just do that. Fine. Okay. So you're withdraw the item. So if you're withdrawn, please. Thank you. Okay. Item, let's read item. T <sighs> yes, sir. We'll take a break. We can take a break. Do we want to take items eight and 10 next? Sure. Okay. We'll stand in recess for five minutes.
Okay, everyone, please be seated. We are going to restart. Uh, Madam Clerk, if you can read item 10, please. Item 10. <laughs> item 10, a resolution of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, authorizing the city manager to issue a request for qualifications, RFQ, for a South Miami City Hall redevelopment project. No, no, no. Thank you. Um, colleagues, would you like the city attorney to briefly review the RFQ, or do we want to get into questions or comments on the draft? The goal, the goal of this item is just to make sure that our collective uh, preferences are reflected in the document before we put it out. My desire would be that we put the, that staff would put this out after we approve it, hopefully by the end of the week, so we can get this process started. Do you, would you like a quick overview, or how would you like to proceed? I don't even know what that Okay. Do we have questions or comments on the draft as it's been approached? Madam Vice Mayor, you're recognized. Uh, to our city attorney. Were you able to look at the stuff I sent you? Actually, if I can just interrupt you for one second, just for the benefit of the public, because my friend here is reminding me that <laughs> other folks may not be quite as aware of what we're doing. What we are talking about is a request for qualifications to basically for the, would be the redevelopment of this campus. Uh, the goal here is to leverage the value of the underlying real estate. Uh, hopefully, if this charter amendment is approved via a lease, so we can get new public facilities, principally a city hall, uh, police station and a public library and so to that end we are going to issue hopefully a request for qualifications uh, that will be open we will shortlist respondents and then allow them to respond to a request for actual proposals thereafter with uh, concrete project information and the attendant financial proposal so that is the purpose of today's conversation okay madam vice mayor you're recognized again oh okay I was just asking the city attorney if he was able to look at questions and stuff I had for him that I spoke with him about previously. Yes, Madam Vice Mayor, I, I looked at those, um, and just so for the benefit of everybody, I'll just go over what they were briefly. Uh, it's to expand the, um, the types of knowledge and experience that are included in this. There's a list on at 1.7.5.6 of the, of the RFQ, and it's got several uh, types of of experience, and it would be to expand that to include development of public-private partnerships, development in transit-oriented developments, and financing of mixed-use projects on a long-term <coughs> ground leases. And those are all, I, I have no objection to including those. Um, I think it's a good idea. Um, does, in, does anyone else have any objection to the inclusion of those modifications? Commissioner Liebman, are you good? Okay, seems like he is. Okay. Continue, I'm sorry. One seven seven. Uh, seven three, um, the the proposal was uh, it, right now. It requires a resume. It would be to expand that to a resume or a bio. Uh, the, the thinking is that a bio may provide a little bit more uh, information. Um, I I I have no objection to including that in there. Okay. Anyone have an objection to allowing for uh, the substitution of bios instead of resumes? I prefer bios. For bios, okay. So if you can include the bio language, it looks like there's no objection. Okay, thank you, Mayor. Um, the next one, one one point seven point eight point two, regarding past performance. Um, can I can I stop us before we go into the? I, I apologize. I just want to mention on one point seven point five point six point five. One point seven point seven point five. One point seven point five point six point five. Okay. There's a description of the kinds of facilities that we want, and it re it refers to adaptable garage facilities and um, I guess program management technology for for that function. I, I'm not exactly sure what that meant. What are we trying to 
solicit uh, by way of information there. So this this whole section, this whole like uh, subsection parking, parking with those are, are just experience. They're categories of experience. Okay. You know, do you have experience in this? And then in terms of that specific specific one, um, this is this was specifically geared at like robotic parking and those types of, of technologies. Is but is that is that is that experience reflected in the scoring methodology? Anywhere? Uh, not necessarily. It's it's part of the overall. What are you bringing to the table? There is a, there is an experience okay. category. Um, what are, and this would be part of it. But we're not saying necessarily that we we're, we're expecting people to build floor plates that are adaptable from we are garage not, to. Okay. We are not suggesting okay. that. Fair enough. Okay. Then I, I have no I have no problem with that language then. Okay. okay. Um, getting back to uh, vice mayor's list, uh, the uh, 1.7.8.2 uh, past performance. Um, the, this is a, a licensing question. Uh, you know, do developers have specific licenses other than general contractor licenses? And um, I, I, I can see the critique. I, I, I understand. So, so maybe we need to broaden that, um, or, or just not require. I, I don't. I think we should require the licensing. Okay. I'm Did you say you do think, or you don't? I think we should not require the licensing. I think we should. Sh I think they should have <coughs> the developer, not not the developer per se, but certainly. The ex experts they hire or contractors they hire should have will will have hopefully all the appropriate licensing. Okay. Okay. Uh, One point seven point nine. The project approach. Um, the suggestion was since this is not the RFP to make it very to make it clear that uh, we're not expecting like plans or or anything like that. It's it's more of a, like a narrative explaining. Okay, what's your vision? I, I, I what I would what I would suggest here. My colleagues would agree is that we not necessarily not just require a narrative, but actually have the narrative be examples of projects that they think are similar to uh, a, a narrative related to the execution of other projects they've completed that might be similar to the type of project they would consider executing here. Sure. So we get a sense of what their experience is and how they would translate that experience to our site and be able to highlight specific examples of what they've done elsewhere. Make sense? Yep. It does. I mean, I, I would think that they would do that in the bios and everything that they're going to communicate to us, but I agree. Let's just emphasize on that. Okay. okay. So maybe it's just a, a request for a list of illustrative projects that might be, you know, might highlight how they would approach a project here, but not necessarily reveal their secret sauce before uh, right. the RFP process. Right. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. Um, the next one was 1.7.10, dealing with financial statements. We had in here... Uh, to require financial statements, um, it, is this? I guess the question is: Is this really necessary? Should this be optional? Can, can I ask a question on that? Are, are they exempt from public records requests? I know they are during the pendency of the solicitation, potentially. Yeah, but once it's w once it's finalized, they have to be turned over. So I I, I would say that this is probably going to reduce the number of people that would want to respond. Okay. And I, I I would think here probably strike more it. strike it, but instead substitute it with a request for some sort of a summary of the. Uh, capital providers that they have been able to access, whether it's debt or equity, uh, over a certain time period, and maybe a summary of the deals and the size of deals that they've closed, right, over a period of time. So maybe they list, you know, existing capital partner relationships for the last 36 months, and over the last 18 months, uh, provide us with a list of deals they've actually closed, the deal size, you know, amount of construction debt, you know, um, equity that they've raised to ex uh, execute projects. I'm can I ask a stupid question? Yes, ma'am. When you're talking about capital partners, I get it, but if 
they're sharing that? Are they sharing some kind of secret sauce? I don't. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think yeah, we're you know, um, we're not asking to reveal all the details of their you know. So some developers are, you know, like Avalon Bay, our balance sheet finance. They finance all their deals. Uh, directly. Yeah. Others are have a take a very small general partnership interest in the deal, but and rely very heavily on equity that they raise from third parties, or or debt. And so I think as long as we know that they have existing relationships in the capital markets that are up to date and they're regularly executing deals, we should have some assurance that there's someone that we can work with to do the project. That's it. really what I'm looking for. I don't know if anybody has any other thoughts on it. No, I think that's a good point. Okay. Commissioner Lieben, you're awfully quiet. What's going on over there? <laughs> I, you know, my, my position is I, I'm just here to create urgency. I want to, so oh. I'm ready to vote yes when the commission. Oh. Okay, so I, that would be my suggestion to modifying uh, 1.7.10 1, 1. and strike the financial statements requirement. Okay. Okay. Uh, two more. Uh, the insurance certificate requirement at 1.7.11. Um, the suggestion was to make this a, a, a requirement of the... Uh, of the RFP rather than the, the RFQ. Um, I have no objection to that other than um, we should know that they're insured. But that I'm, pre will play. I'm, I'm pretty sure all the companies that are going to submit I, have all this qualification. I suspect yeah. so, yeah. I would just yeah. leave it just to make sure that we weed them out in the beginning, if it's okay with everybody. I don't think it's that material. Uh, I, I guess as long as they don't have to present an active, are we asking them to present a current certificate? Certificate of insurance. Yes. I, I, I mean, I think that's just cart before horse, frankly. You know, at, at this point, certainly it's a requirement. We should let them know that we're going to require these kinds of insurance yeah. in the RFP phase, but I don't need them to present a current certificate of insurance for any of those um, potential exposures. Okay. Uh, do you have some comments? Uh, just for the, for the commission, if uh, you can finish if you have any more. I have a couple I changes on the, on the list if I can just quickly highlight two, and that is uh, 3.1C, the city attorney, we, we have certain parking mandates, like three spaces per thousand for the uses, the public uses. Again, not that we're not gonna, we should ask for them, but I don't wanna make them mandatory. Okay. We can say that the city is seeking parking at this level for these uses, but again, we have no contractual, I made a very consistent point with the county that we have no contractual obligation to them to provide them 39 spaces or any other number, we certainly can request it. If we get something at that number or above or something close to it, fantastic. But I don't want to burden the deal with that as a mandate, per se. Where did we get these specific numbers? I think we just, so the county had asked us for parking at three spaces per thousand uh, for the library. For the library? Which was 39 spaces, roughly. And I think we just kind of appropriated that number for everything else. It seems to be, seems to be calculated at the same factor. Yeah, my math might be wrong. I'm a lawyer, not, not a mathematician, so. Anyhow, so I would just make this a suggestion, not a, not a requirement, by using more permissive language. I agree. Um, and then I think 3.3a, if I can borrow your yeah, book, sure. Ryan. Yeah, again, I think 3.3a just kind of re, re, uh, reiterates the parking requirements. So, Mr. Resti, if you can just make sure that in that section as well that we kind of use more permissive language. Okay. Yep. And, and can I ask one question uh, while we're on that number? 
where did we come up with the 30,000 square feet for City Hall and 25,000 for the police station? Those, those are numbers that have generally been um, utilized by the city in previous efforts and documents uh, as an order of magnitude. Um, so <clears throat> they, this could be a plus or minus at this point. It, it's a little bit sharing. We would have to dig in a little bit more on it, but um, prior efforts have used some of these numbers in their calculations. And, and asking the, the, like, not the best question ever, but how many square feet of each of those do we have now? Like, how many square feet is our city hall and how many square feet is our police station? If we don't have an answer for that, if we could just get an answer for that, because yeah. then maybe that will drive this a little bit more, because if this is based on the, the, the previous one where everybody was saying, I want a gym, I want an office that's, you know, 3,000 square feet, we might have to look at that again. Yeah, and, and we, we did, uh, we did uh, actually, the chief has been looking at the, the prior design mm -hmm. and, and going through that and, and, you know, didn't seem to have anything that was, uh, obviously we can make some tweaks and some efficiencies, but nothing that was sort of outrageous for him as, as a space, especially if we're building something for 40, 50 years. Um, and so we do have the numbers. I, I just forget off the top of no, my yeah, head. No, yeah, and that's yeah, fine. And we can share with you. But these are sort of plus minus as we continue to move on okay. and determine our space needs. You know, we can tweak it. You know, it could, it could be a little bit less, it could be a little bit more. Um, but we have to sort of ballpark it at this point. Okay, thanks. Okay, okay, further, further, further questions on the program? For comments on the program, anybody? Just that one on um, four. I just want to ask, given also some of the feedback from this meeting, but if we do decide, I know this is an RFQ, if we do decide um, that we want to add workforce housing as a public benefit, should we request examples of that in 1.7.5.6? Right now we have construction of mixed use, but maybe add one line for construction of mixed income. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. Mm -hmm. So unless there's an objection, uh, Mr. Rushy, we can add that to that section as well. So we'd like to see their experience in developing workforce housing. Yeah, is that so that then we can have a conversation with whoever we narrow it down to to see where we land? Yeah, I think we'll, we will issue a solicitation. We may need to have a conversation. We look at the next instrument and say, do we want that to be 10%, 15%, 20%? Mm -hmm. or okay. Do we not want to have Fair it at enough. all? Or do we want to make it optional and see what, how, we, how, we, how we value it? Okay. The scoring, okay. So there was one other comment uh, from Vice Mayor, and it, it, um, it was written in phase four, but I, th I think it meant phase six, which is the, the, the approval of the contract with the respondent. Um, the, uh, this has to do with selecting a proposer at the end, and it's basically just saying this is how we're going to do it going forward. It's not necessarily tying our hands, so we've tried to keep it open-ended, but the, the, the suggestion was does it make sense to, because right now we have it set up that, that the city could conceivably select multiple respondents and then have them, you know, have the manager negotiate leases. Does this make more sense as a, as a sequential kind of thing? You pick one respondent uh, at the end and negotiate a lease and then you've, you've got an order. If you can't get to a lease, then you go to the next person and you go to, the, you know, that kind of thing. So I, it's up to this commission. We've tried to keep it as open-ended as possible at this point, but that may not be what you're... Yeah, I just think one at a time, it, it, we're not dating seven, like in, in our general lives, we're not dating six guys or six ladies at the same time, hopefully. Some of us may nobody wish we here, were. Yeah, that's gonna say, nobody here is dating anybody. So, yeah, exactly. But, but you know, the, the 
Thank you, Chipper. So, one, one at a time I, is what I think. When you focus your efforts on one at a time, you tend to get, I think, further. And even by focusing on one at a time, you realize, hey, this is going to work. This is not going to work. I'm moving on. I, I think it, that's something we do in our everyday lives. I don't understand why this would be so different. So we don't want to play Bachelor or Bachelorette? No, we're not okay. playing the Bachelor okay. here. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, I have no objection to going one at a time. I, I think that we should exp express that as our intention unless there's an objection. We can always revisit that further on down the line. Okay. And one last thing just to consider. Um, I and think Josh is trying to say something. Josh, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Commissioner Liebman, you I'm good? Sorry. Okay. Thank you. Um, I, I heard the bachelor. I thought that was a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I received some input from the public uh, today on this. Uh, this is regarding the shortlisting. Um, right now, we have it written as the manager would select uh, three respondents and um, either would move forward or has the option to bring the three shortlisted respondents to to you all uh, for confirmation, I guess. Um, it, it, do you, is, is that acceptable to you all? Do you want to modify that at all? Do you want more than three respondents? Um, I, I think, I think, I mean, I don't know what's the, uh, you know, I think we should leave that issue open and just have the manager bring forward a recommendation. If we want to add a fourth respondent, let's say there's 10 and we want to just allow four to move into the RFP phase, we can make that decision. I don't want to tie our hands to just a certain number. Agreed. Hopefully there's a deep response or deep interest in the market to do a deal here. Okay. That's all I got. Mr. Manager, you wanted to add something? I, I just just a, a comment because I, on the parking issue, uh, as it relates more to the library, uh, yeah. I know I know it was um, suggested to have permissive language, but um, because we're we're still trying to uh, enter into an ILA with the library, and there's an expectation that the development would go through the city, but somebody could say, "Oh, I'm only going to give them 15 spots." Would it be problematic not having a number of which the library needs? For I think I think we I think we have a target number, but I, I like I said to them, and I'll say here to the public, I'm not committing to that. They, you know, the the deal that I offered them and what we've agreed to is that they're getting all the economics in the land that's subject to a reverter provision. I, you know, there's nothing more for us to give. And I, I'm concerned that if we commit to a number, you know, we are basically taking money out of our pocket to put it into theirs. And we've been generous to a fault in order to kind of do something that's going to serve our, our mutual taxpayers, right, and the public. And so I, I just don't think it's, I've had this conversation today with the mayor and I had the conversation today with Mr. Munoz and I said, we're at the end of the line of what we can do. If this is gonna be the issue on which, you know, our partnership with the county dies, then it's on them to have turned down, you know, uh, what could be more than $5 million of revenues they otherwise would have no claim to. <coughs> Further comments? You good, city manager? I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah, I just oh. wanted to make sure that we thought through that just in case, because it's, it's not a direct relationship, just us and the developer, obviously we get the library sort of weaved in through an ILA, so just wanna make sure we considered that. I, I I yes, Commissioner Liebman. Sorry, as it relates to this item, fervent yes, we want to agree to whatever the, the commission um, supports, but um, mayor, city attorney, or city manager, you know it's late. Will you quickly walk me, just for my own edification, and for the public, for the, the public context, the process where we go from here? Yeah, right? well, we'll let, if, if, if we can put a pin in that question, I think it's an excellent one. And it may inform, okay. there's some timelines here that are blank, and I think we need to have a conversation about when we want to see this document put out. 
so we can kind of fill in, address your 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 concern, Commissioner. Further comments, Commissioner? Oh, yeah. yeah, I wanted to get the commission's uh, kind of feedback on what we're thinking about the Sylvie Martin building. Uh, the this the verbiage in the contract states that we want to incorporate it, move it as a whole. I, I'm not sure what if that's even feasible. I don't want it to be a, a deal breaker. I just want to talk to you guys about it. If it could be partial, what what we can do with that particular project? I know we're going to get feedback from the developers, but it's something that we're dictating in the contract, and I want to make sure we talk. Well, about again, I just want to be I want to be clear. What we're doing here, we're not necessarily dictating program. We're just expressing our preferences. Okay. Okay. So. I think, our, I think the way this is styled is an expression that we'd like to preserve the building. Mm -hmm. When I say preserve the building, I wanna, I'd like to preserve the historic portion of the building. So the annex is something that was added on thereafter. It, but it, do, it is a good point. I've, you know, the Dade Heritage Trust has already sent me correspondence on this point. They're happy to hear that it, we had language that at least expressed our preference to keep it. Uh, so I know there's, there is interest in the preservation community in, in keeping the structure. We may want to authorize a manager to you know, do a structural assessment of the building so that we know before we go to market with an RFP whether the building can effectively be relocated. I don't know if that's something we want to have by way of a secondary conversation. I would. Okay. So, Mr. Manager, I think on the Sylvia Martin building language, the desire is to see if there's a way for us to preserve it. So, we, I think we want to keep the language as it is, but so that we understand and we can form the solicitation. Is it possible for us to explore? Uh, inspecting the structural integrity of the site and the feasibility of relocating it. Um, you know, because that, that is, a, while express preference, it may become cost prohibitive. So I think the more information we have before we actually put out the RFP section of this uh, solicitation, you know, could help inform whether that's a choice that we can afford or want to invest in. Okay. Well done. Thank you. Can, can I add something to that? Please. I don't know if we've done this before, City Manager. Uh, do we have a memo or a memo of understanding if it's really historic? What part of it is historic? I mean, I think we went through that before. I just want to make sure that it's documented. I, I believe we designated it. So our our, our, commi our prior commission designated it. Uh, my understanding it was city, okay. uh, not 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 state or federal, but but we'll do that research and bring that back just to make sure that what I'm saying is yeah. what I what I grasped when I got briefed on it some time ago. Yeah, and I think we all saying different things. So I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Thank okay. you. Further further comments on the document. Uh, the we were having a conversation, sorry, when-, when No, it's fine. Because uh, obviously there's an uh, open period. So we've been talking about how long to have it published, uh, uh, given the fact that this is not the RFP portion, right? These are materials that these developers would normally have as part of their marketing, you know, marketing materials and tweak it to, to some of our asks. I think uh, we're, we're recommending at least a 45-day period to issue it for 45 days. Um, RFP would have a different timeline, obviously. That's a a go-hard type, you know, economic analysis, engineering, architectural, but for this is really more of a marketing piece, if you will, that they can assemble in a quicker time. I, I think 45 days is reasonable. Anybody have an objection to 45 days? I, can I ask a quick question? Yes. I know we're already behind in the timeline that we had discussed. We are. We said January. We're in February. So, giving that, are we still going to end up on time? The yes, well, so <laughs> careful, self -imposed, self -imposed. be careful what you say. I no, I know, I know, but, but I don't think we're that far off, especially with changing this to 45 days, actually. Okay, okay, because we were the, the idea was to get to the evaluation and selection of the shortlist early in the second quarter, and this will still put us right. within that. Let's go then, okay, and everybody better start my, talking. My fast. related, my related question is. 
to staff and the city attorney, how long will it take you to actually put together the final uh, elements of the draft after we approve it today, detailing the timeline? Yeah. So we can issue it. I mean, I would love to have this issued by Friday. Yeah, end of the week. Okay. Yeah. That's something we can do that. Me too? Great. This okay. Friday. This Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Further questions? Commissioner Lieben, are you good? He's falling asleep over there. Well, I think. Yeah, my, well no, my, my questions again are just context for the public and my own edification. Just real quick a, a timeline, going to talk about so, the ballot item location, the current city hall site, inspection station. The use, which ties certainly in, into zoning, um, and then uh, right, city hall, police station, same location, separate. Um, yeah, just want, want to keep this simple. So, yeah, so I think I think yeah, so I think forty-five days from Friday, uh, we will get responses back. Um, uh, concurrently with that, we're going to be working on the ballot item, which hopefully will will pass and give us more optionality in terms of whether we have to sell or can lease for a longer term. Um, I think that a related question is when should we, I, I would like to see the RFP draft come back to this board as we have with this RFQ so we can make sure that we're all comfortable with what we're asking for. Should we try and set a target date for that? I would think the first meeting in March might be reasonable. Didn't we have a target date already for that? We may, we may have. I say refer to the schedule that we already discussed and let that be the day. No, but I want to just kind of, uh, if we have that information handy, it would be great because I want to answer Commissioner Lehman's question. So, so, which is what's the schedule look like going forward in terms of next steps? Right. We didn't have any firm dates. We, we had generally first quarter RFQ, uh, second, early second quarter evaluation and selection of the shortlist. The RFP issued in, in sometime in April. RFP responses in, you know, late May, early June, probably more like June. And then evaluation and selection July and August. That was kind of our tentative. Okay, so I think we'll, we'll know the results of the of the uh, election on the 19th, mm -hmm. right? So maybe when is our second meeting in March, Madam Clerk? The 20th, no? No. No, no it's the 19th. Uh, it's a Tuesday. It's March 19th. No, it is that day. So, okay. So we may need to, I mean, Commissioner Lieberman, would you like to call or like me to call potentially a special meeting just to address the RFP? Portion of this certainly we can target the Neil. we can target the 26 potentially of March. Actually, I'm not Neil sure the 26. So uh, should be careful what Sorry, I say. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Go ahead. There's library or, or library or no library. There's a lot of significant moving parts still. So yeah, so starting with the ballot item. Yeah, I think we um, should have a pretty clear indication by the 26 as to whether or not. Um, the library will be in or not, or not. Um, so I, I mean, I, I think I think it'll be in, but uh, we'll know definitively I think before then because it should have gone at least to one committee at the county. We should charge the library late fees. We should five cents a day. Um, so I, let's let's target maybe a special meeting if we can. Um, the twenty the twenty sixth of the Tuesday. Yeah. Colleagues, everyone here can make that date. March 26. I'm out of town. You're out of town. Do we want to it's look at another date in March? Break. Yeah. Spring break. Do we want to look at April 2nd? Well, we have a. I think we have a commission meeting that day. That's fine. And we have the sun. The 
priorities meeting before, so maybe we make that the priority meeting? That's a good idea. Do we need more than an hour? I don't believe we need more than an hour. If we are as prepared as we are today on this item, I think we'll be fine. Uh, do we want to vote on the RFP and have it on that agenda as well? Potentially as an item? I think it's doable. Okay. So let's just target having the RFP on, on the April 2nd agenda. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, quick, quickly, I wanted to go forward as soon as possible, so put it on that agenda, but I, I won't be able to make it. But that's fine. I don't want to hold this up. Okay. Yes, sir. Mr. Milo. Mr. Mayor, just point of, point of clarification. Yes, sir. Is, and maybe through, through the mayor, maybe to the city attorney, if, if you're going to work on your draft RFP somewhat concurrent with your open solicitation of your RFQ, is that going to preclude anyone that is anticipating participating in the RFQ process, you know, prohibiting us from making any comments or public comments because of a cone that may be raised in the middle? Like, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I, I, I'm all for speed. Yeah, you know, it's a, I'm it's all for speed, but, 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 as I'm sitting here listening, I can see a little bit of a train wreck coming on that. Yeah, that's an excellent question. Yeah, it is a separate solicitation. Um, I don't know the answer to that question. I got to say, I got like it's, the, a, I it's gotta, an excellent point. I think uh, it's one we'll have to think about. But I think for the moment, let's keep that date. We'll have a couple meetings between now and then. We'll have an answer to that question, and maybe we can. We'll need to defer that date, frankly, Mr. Milo. I think it's an excellent point. Sounds like I, I presume you're going to have a cone go up on Friday. Yeah. Go get your questions in before Friday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on, the, on the hypothetical document, right? Yes, it's, it's good. That the crystal ball, you know. It's, it's a, we'll, we'll, you're good at we'll that. You're good, at, you're good at crystal balling. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for the comment. So there will be no special meeting? No, I think let's, it's, it'll be no special meeting. It'll just be on the regular agenda. Okay. Okay. So, Mr. Russ, you want to walk us through uh, a potential timeline as we understand things right now to address Commissioner Liebman's question, so. He's getting kind of red over there. He is, he's having, we're well, putting him on the spot here. Yeah, because I, I know that uh, everybody has long memories. And <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully Chip doesn't kick me under the table. Um, so the, <laughs> okay, so, uh, all right. We talked about the, the RFQ. The RFQ would be due if it's 45 days from uh, Friday, we're looking at March 25th. Monday, March 25th, um, there would be a, a selection evaluation period. I don't know what that will take. I mean, functionally, Chip, or any? Three weeks, maybe? Yeah, so like late April. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because the committee may want to ask for oral presentations. So, you know, once they review proposals, if I want to ask for oral, that's a separate session of the committee. So realistically, you're looking at a meeting um, where those are presented to you on May 7th, uh, your first meeting in May, um, and then you're looking at um, 
I'm sorry because I messed it up on my paper. Can you start from the beginning? Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. You start. Okay, the RFP goes out Friday. RFP. The RFP yeah, the RFP, the RFP goes RFP out Friday. goes out Friday. And then comes March back 20, in March the 25th. 25th. And then there's about a three-week evaluation period for that. Uh, so then the next meeting that you all have is May 7th after that. That would come before you. Um, and perhaps depending on what the answer is to the cone of silence question that Mr. Milo brought up, um, that could be the day that the RFP is presented to you for, for comment. Yeah, or the next meeting, which would be May 21st. The cone would typically be lifted upon the managers making a recommendation, correct? Yes. Okay, so, yes. Uh, yes. so pres presumably there'll be a period of a couple weeks. Um, when do we have our next Sunshine Priorities meeting in, yeah. in April? This is April 3rd. April. Well, April 2nd, the first April 2nd, the first one. So I, I think just to be prudent, we should probably figure on the RFP coming back to us that first meeting in May as opposed to any, any sooner. So at least there's a, a two-week period where potential respondents can also inform inform the outline of the, of the solicitation. Just to take that issue off the table. If we can accelerate that, Commissioner Lieben, trust me, we will. I don't want to, I just want to, I want to be, Defer on the side of caution. Yes, sir. So to, the, to that point, and Tony, with all due respect there, oh, those were tentative dates. That's the problem with tentative dates. They're not, they're not deadlines. They're, they're nothing. So that's why we've always needed hard dates, because then it's pass-fail. And we're already behind. So my concern is, is this point now where we're starting to add this up, and of course, reality is there's going to be an election. Maybe the RFQ should only be 30 days. That'll advance the, pro the process two weeks. And we're not even taking into account unanticipated delays, which in government there always are, especially with a project of this magnitude. Any thoughts on 30 days? Yep. I don't know how feasible it is for qualifiers. Mm -hmm. I think people who do it all the time probably have no problem doing it. So it may narrow the pool of people who have experience. I don't know. Is there any sort of statutory or other prohibition on having a period that's that short? No, it's just more of a functional uh, limitation. If I may, in between the, the advertisement and the submittal, there's a few steps. There's a pre-proposal conference. There's deadline to submit questions and clarifications on the RFQ, and then the city issues addenda with any clarifications or changes. Okay. So let's, let's, keep, the, let's keep the 45 days for now. Can we just walk the timeline through? I think Commissioner Lee, and I understand your concern. Let's walk it through to its finality, if we can, before we pass final judgment on it. So after the solicitation, the next solicitation is issued, how much time do we anticipate having that out? Is that 60 days, 75 days? What are we recommending on the staff side for a possible RFP open date? I mean, that's a more, much more involved uh, part of this. That's the actual proposal. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to go. They're going to have to consult with their architects, their engineers. Yeah, that's at least three weeks to get some sort of at least preliminary schematic design. Right. So yes, just right. that phase. Uh, so got some economic analysis as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that they would have to. I, I would think minimum sixty days. Minimum sixty days. You might want to give a little more time than that. If we take it to seventy-five days. Where does it put us on the calendar? Five days. If we did that. That would be so. Uh, if, if, so if we presented the RFP to the commission for approval on May seventh, and it went out, let's call it the 
the you know the end of that week or yeah roughly May 10th um, you're looking at uh, would that be that to be July 10th plus 15 days so July 25th we're looking at where is that yeah July July 25th would be a Thursday um, and then there would that's when they would be due then there would be a, a selection process probably a little more involved than, than yes our no doubt. Yep. yeah yeah so y you're looking at probably presenting something to this commission October from July 25th you think yeah, could be could be or Jesus Christ people I had a kid in less time July August Santa Papusio. <laughs> you just won't let it go. <laughs> I won't. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, it, I, it just, the, the, it's endless. This that portion, obviously, uh, there'll, there'll be some, some legal and, and some financial advisor type reviews of proposals. Um, so not just, you know, the portion of uh, committee work, but, but we have outside specialized that has to put some eyes on, on these proposals and sort of vet what, what a proposer is, is saying. So, um, <clears throat> so let's just double the time and say it's six weeks. Okay, so it's six weeks. From, from July 25th? Yes. Yeah, you're looking at, so four weeks would be uh, August 25th, so middle of September. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, so. RFQ goes out Friday, RFQ is due 325. We have three weeks of an evaluation. From there, we pick whoever it is we're gonna have give us an RFP. They're gonna, you're gonna be presenting that to us the 27th of May. See, there's something in that math that got separated from me. No, May, no, May 7th. 7th, May 7th, 7th, 7th of May. Yeah, they come to us on May 7th. What was it that you said was gonna happen May 27th? No, it was May 21st, that was the RFP. Okay. To bring it back, but but then uh, Tony had May said 7th. that we would bring it back May seventh instead okay. of May twenty first. And then we're saying then from May seventh to July twenty fifth is when the RFP is going to be due. Yeah. And then we're going to make a decision second week of September. Uh, yeah, by middle September. So what what would that that meeting would be, which will be very active because that'll be budget yeah. budget hearing. Yeah. We need, we're going to need a special. I think we're going to need a special meeting. Special. So for that, so let's okay. find a date for a special meeting. In September, so we're not dealing it within the context of budget. Your your two meetings are your regular meetings are uh, I think September third and the seventeenth. And Nikki, please correct me if I'm we're, wrong. We're gonna we're gonna need to we're gonna need to wait on that day because, uh, as you know, there'll be other taxing jurisdictions holding budget meetings as well. Yes. So I don't think we want to hold it on the same evening. So uh, I think a date we'll have to play by ear for now. So I think you know, yeah, probably the last, probably the last second, second last week of the last week of September okay. is probably a good target date. So Lily, you said week at the sixteenth, <coughs> and there we'll be like, ta-da, the baby's born. This is what we're doing. Oh, the baby, the baby's the the mother is selected. The, the mother's mother selected. selected. Right. That's okay. There you go. So, All right. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Lehman, Sorry. questions. Oh wait, we need clarification. Just one yes. clarification. So issuance of the RFP would be May twenty seventh. No. no, May no. 7th. No. 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 no, the day, the Friday no. after May 7th. The Friday after yeah, May, May 7th. 7th would be when it's the RFP is presented to the commission for approval. Okay. 10th, May 10th. Oh, May 10th. And comments. Sorry, thanks. Mm -hmm. 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask Albert something because I I want somebody that is Please. not us that has actual expertise in doing this. He's gonna, tell you, he's, gonna tell you the he's gonna tell you the timeline you on the RFPs tight. <laughs> do you want to see this or does it? No, I, I kind of got it in my okay. head again. It, it goes back to the question of you know the time frame between you're gonna you're gonna your cone's gonna get you know you're gonna raise the cone on Friday. It's not gonna get lowered until that May seventh date, right? Or, no, or, no, or it, right when the manager makes a recommendation in April. You right, may we so probably have two weeks to get third-party comment on the RFP. Right, that's with that with that current yeah. schedule. That is tight. So I mean, yeah. I mean, look, we're gonna play at the pace that you set, right? That's that that's you're not gonna hear us complain about that part of it, but it is gonna be. That's a very, you know, fast-paced timeline. So I think the trade-off is maybe we bring it back the 21st, which would be the next regular meeting, and then it gives us a four-week window to get hey, third-party comment. To your point, look, you're, you're, you're not talking about a, a simple public-private partnership, right? You have some major public components in what you're trying to accomplish. And so there's going to be some, if you want to get proper bids that are not just Back of the envelope numbers, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna need a little bit of time to because again, you're talking to police station, city hall, library, and then the developers have to figure out what makes economic sense. Um, so, so you do need a little bit of that timeline to to get real responsive proposals. So, 75 days enough time? Yeah, on, on, the, on the backside. Yes, on, on when the RFPs yeah. issued, yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's a problem. So I think realistically, if Madam Vice Mayor, how I'm interpreting his comments is that we're really targeting about an October meeting to actually have an award as opposed to the last the last half of September, right? So we can give a little bit two more, two more weeks. You're gonna to have a little bit of space between the time you shortlist your developers to that RFP, which is when it's like the real game's on yep. at that okay. point. So would we take that to the 21st instead of the 7th of May? Of May, of May yes. That's what I think I'm that's hearing. Yep. So would that be selection still on the 7th? Yeah. Of the RFQ? Selection of the RFQ on the 7th, 7th but then, then the RFP, RFP issuance on the 21st. On the 21st that's yeah, right. okay. approval of the RFP on the 21st and the day after or whatever. Yeah, it's issued. Two days after you issue. So, so that would push the... Uh, 24th. Yeah, the RFP being due, you know, to like middle, uh, like first week of August. Correct. Got it. And that would push us to a public hearing on the final selection. October. October, and assuming we make the decision that first meeting and one meeting, which you know may or may not happen, it may be something that goes down to the wire, at least for all of us, you know, uh, through the beginning of, uh, through the end of October. Yeah. End of October. But I think to Commissioner Liebman's point, we have no, we've got no slack in this, in this timeline. So, Commissioner, yes. He's, he's, uh, well, yeah, and the flip side of this, uh, Mr. Milo, is and to your point, Mr. Mayor, now we're talking about October 8th. just want everyone to know, this is this commission's, the commission's last meeting, scheduled meetings, October 22nd. Mm -hmm. So I know plenty of you will still be here, but in terms of this body, um, that's our last meeting, our last scheduled meeting is the meeting after that on the 8th is the 22nd. So it's going to be a hell of a send off for you. Our meetings in October so, are the 1st and the 15th. What's that? 
Our meetings in October one and October fifteenth is the clerk saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So October one. All right. Sorry. October one and fifty. Yeah. So, but either way, um, that only leaves us one scheduled meeting, and then there's more time in the month. But it's as tight as it gets. So I'll just cast my vote in advance now as a yes, <laughs> just in case we miss it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we, are we clear on this timeline? Madam Vice Mayor, any further questions? Or are you uh, nope. crystal? Good. I'm good. Okay. Um, do I have a motion on the issuance of the RFQ subject to the modifications that we've made in the record? I'll move the motion. Is there a second? I'll second. Okay, we have a motion by Commissioner Kaye, a second by the Vice Mayor. Madam Clerk, if you could call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lehman? Yes, thank Vice you. Mayor, <laughs> Vice Mayor Bonish? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Item passes five. Thank you. If you could read thank item. Thank you, Albert, for Thank you, Albert, us. for your feedback. If we can take up item uh, eight, please. Yes, item eight. A resolution of the Mayor's City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, approving their project scope from Plus Urbia LLC DBA Plus Urbia Design for placemaking, branding, and urban design services for the portion of Hometown District located on Sunset Drive and adjacent streets. Sorry, we've, we've read that item. Um, quick question, my colleagues. Do we have anyone who has any questions on the consent agenda? Because I know we have people no, here still. I don't have any. Any questions on the consent agenda? No. Then can I get, uh, Madam Clerk, if um, Juan, with your indulgence, we're going to read items one through six, and then I'd like a motion for all six items. Consent agenda, item one, a resolution of the Mayor's City Commission approving a proposal and project agreement with Kimley Horn and Associates to provide design services for drainage improvements along Southwest 65th Avenue between Southwest 50th Street and Southwest 52nd Street in an amount not to exceed $60,560.50. Item two, a resolution approving the proposal and project agreement with EXP US Services Inc. to provide design services for drainage improvements along Southwest 59th Place from Southwest 56th Terrace to Cul-de-Sac in amount not to exceed $48,987.20. Item three, a resolution of the Mayor City Commission approving a proposal and project agreement with SRS Engineering to provide design services for the bridge structural design repairs project at Southwest 63rd Court over Twin Lake Canal just north of Southwest 62nd Terrace in amount not to exceed $135,000. $486.06. Item four, a resolution approving the purchase and installation of three new fitness equipment machines at Gibson Bethel Community Center from Centurion Partners Health and Fitness LLC DBA Fitness Smith in amount not to exceed $11,241.58. Item five, a resolution approving the waiver of rental fees in amount of $990 for youth flag football and basketball competitions by South Miami Middle School to be held at Palmer Park and the Gibson Bethel Community Center. Okay. Item six, a resolution approving the renewal of services with Civic Plus for C-Click Fix <laughs> for a one-year period, including March 17, 2024 through March 16, 2025, in amount not to $14,520.88. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, can I get a motion on items one through six? I, I move the consent. Second. Thank you. Uh, we have a motion by Commissioner Liebman and a second by Commissioner Corey. Uh, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Liebman. 
Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Consent agenda passed 5 0. And to those of you who had to stay, I apologize. We took so long this evening. Thank you for your patience. Uh, before we move on, I just want a quick, a quick editorial on this and foreshadowing of future events to come. Uh, the, the Vice Mayor mentioned something that I've been thinking quite a bit about. Uh, just in item three, we know we're going to have $135,000 of design costs. Uh, we have had some success in the state budget this year. We have a quarter million dollars for this to, to address this problem and also the culvert. It's woefully uh, inadequate for what we need to do in terms of capital repairs. And um, the Vice Mayor just quickly whispered to me, we need more money to execute. And so um, I've asked the manager and CFO to bring forward an item to talk about options to execute improvements, including possibly getting the public in November to authorize a debt issuance so that we can actually take these things through design and actually completion. Uh, and also then leverage with that, th th those dollars more state and hopefully county dollars, depending on what happens with the uh, countywide bond issuance that's been discussed recently. So anyhow, that'll be on the agenda hopefully on the 20th. Okay, uh, back to item eight. Mr. Moirat, the floor is yours. Mr. Mayor, I'm sorry, I just wanted to tee, tee, tee something up um, because <clears throat> obviously what, what the goal today is is get feedback to, to finalize the scope. Yes, sir. Uh, I did include uh, some of the pricing that the firm plus survey had, had provided more from a context standpoint, uh, but what you're approving today would be a scope and then pricing would, would be forthcoming. Can, and can I ask you, just to, if you can remind me, what, what do we have budgeted for this exercise? So uh, part of development agreement with uh, Avalon Bay, there's a $250,000 uh, payment to the city for placemaking. Um, <clears throat> we've also uh, earmarked in our capital uh, program roughly a million dollars, I believe. Uh, Fredo, maybe you can look it up while we're talking. Um, that we sort of captured and gave it a, gave it a name uh, for purposes of placemaking as well. Um, and, then, and then we have some... Um, state money, FDOT money. I remember the conversation about the uh, LAP program and us advancing, trying to get it extended to. And are we are we now LAP certified? No, not yet. And when do we expect that we, we will be LAP certified? Don't know the answer to that. I would have to lean on Aurelia to, okay. to, to find that out. Okay. But we, we did uh, get the secretary to agree to move the funds into their FY26, okay. which is construction by July uh, 1 of 25. So, um, so those are the different buckets of, of okay. money that, that we would have. So I just want to make the clarification that the focus is scope, but pricing was just from a context standpoint so you would understand the relationship. I appreciate it because I called Juan today when I was going through this item and said, I don't know how we're going to afford this because I thought we had budgeted something woefully short of what was back in the fee proposal. So thank you yeah. for that information. And then lastly, I, I, uh, Commissioner Liebman uh, mentioned something to me. I don't know if that's still his desire, but obviously this is something he's championed for quite a while that... Uh, he had told me he wanted to be a sponsor of this item. Obviously, sure. we brought it forward as a staff item, so I don't want to speak for him, but I'm just sharing something he, uh, when we did our agenda briefing that he had mentioned to Without him. objection, if we could show Commissioner Lieben as the sponsor, please. Okay, Juan, floor is yours. Wait, also, we need to move to extend the meeting past 11. Can I get a motion to extend the meeting to uh, 12 o'clock, please? This is me. You can. Yes. Well, 12 o'clock is the end. We can't go past 12. Per the code, we can't go back. We, we can't, can't go past, go past 12. twelve. We cannot go well, past twelve. Can, can I can I offer a yep. suggestion? Yes. Second. Can we move everything that is not this gentleman sure. to the next can meeting? We, 
Well, I don't know how much is left. Let's we only have four items. I feel like we have an entire kingdom of stuff left, but there's it's four items and four board appointments. So okay, if you want, if, if you want, let's you want to move those first. We'll table this again. I'm sorry, Juan. Just we can, so we can clear the deck and everybody feels comfortable. We can finish this hopefully in 30 minutes. Poor guy. Okay, I'm sorry to do that to you again. So if I can, well, Madam Clerk. Stay. Madam Clerk, if you can read items, uh, we don't need to read the board appointments, correct? Okay, so. If I get a motion on MA, MB, MC, and MD, which are the board appointments of Alexander Alamazon. You don't need a vote. You don't need a vote? Okay, they were just accepted. With, okay, we will accept those appointments without objection, for the record. Okay, if I can get uh, the clerk to read the second reading ordinances, please. Yes, item 12. And before you start, I'm sorry, can we, have a, can we have one public hearing on all four items? Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, I need a motion, I'm sorry, for the, uh, I'm, I, for the extension. We need to move the motion. Oh. Second. All in favor? Yes, aye. Aye. Okay. We should do that more. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Item 12, an ordinance Everybody. of the City of South Miami amending Article 5, Procedures and Applications, Section 20-5.15, Certificate of Use of the Land Development Code to provide additional regulations for Certificate of Use. Item 13, an ordinance of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami for amending Sections 1-2, Rules of Construction, Definitions 2-2.1, Rules of Procedure of City Commission 2-331, same publication of notice to hear objections 2-37, same subject to action by council 2-80, design bill contracts 9.9-5, election date and notification, official ballot 14-5, declaration of state of emergency and 15-35.1, abandoned vehicles of the city. City Code of Ordinances and Sections 20-2.3, Definitions 20-4.2, Land De Subdivision Regulations 20-5.5, Applications Required Public Hearings, and 20-11.4, Demolition of Designated Site, Demolition by Neglect, Certificates of Appropriateness and Undue Economic Hardship of the Land Development Code and other sections of the City Code of Ordinances or Land Development Code as necessary to allow the use of publicly Accessible website designated by Miami-Dade County for a publication of legally required advertisements and public notices in accordance with Chapter 50 for the statutes. Item 14, an ordinance of the Mayor and City Commission amending Article 4, other regulations, Section 20-4.2D of the Land Development Code to allow the issuance of a building permit prior to a final plat in certain circumstances. Item 15, an ordinance of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, creating Article 5, maintenance of private property of Chapter 15, offenses and miscellaneous provisions of the City Code of Ordinances to provide for minimum maintenance standards for private property and enforcing procedures, including city abatement of offending property conditions. Thank you, Madam Clerk. These are all public hearing items at this time. If there's any member of the public who'd like to come forward and speak on either items 12, 13, 14, or 15, you're welcome to do though at this time. Seeing no one in the chambers, no we'll one. close the public hearing here. Is there anyone online, Madam Clerk? No. So we will consider the public hearing closed on items 12, 13, 14, and 15. Is there a motion uh, on all or some of the items that we can have? Uh, one, one by one, please, Mayor. I propose we move okay. 12. We have a motion on item 12. Is there a second? Second. A motion by the Vice Mayor, second by Commissioner Corey. Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Yes, Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lieben? Yes. Vice Mayor Moniz? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Item passes 5-0. Is there an I item? I move 
Item 13. Great. Second. We have a motion by the Vice Mayor and a second by Commissioner Corey on item 13. Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Yes, Commissioner Kaye. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Liebman. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Item passes 5-0. I move 14. Second. We have a motion again by Commissioner uh, Vice Mayor Bonis, a second by Commissioner Corey. Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Yes, Commissioner Kaye. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Liebman. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Item passes 5-0. I move item 15. Second. We have a motion again by the Vice Mayor, a second by Commissioner Corey. Madam Clerk, please call the roll. Um, Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lehman? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Item passes 5-0. Great. We have item 16. Uh, I have questions on this item. Do we want to take this up this evening or do we want to defer it to the next meeting? I say then we defer it. Okay. If I can get a motion to defer item 16 to the February 20th agenda. I've lost you. If I can motion to defer to February twentieth. I did. I. We have a motion by Commissioner Corey, a second by the Vice Mayor. There you go. Thank you. Uh, if we could read the roll, please. To defer Commissioner Kaye. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Lehman. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Item passes to defer to. Okay. All right. Okay. So now we are back on. Item eight. Item eight. Thank you, everyone. Mr. Murat, finally, you're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, Commissioners. I think I've got my exercise getting up and down. Yeah. Um, Happy to accommodate so you. So I don't want to keep you too long, but I want to you know, stay here as long as we can in order to answer any questions that you have. As the manager mentioned, um, we've, we've put together a propo uh, proposed scope, and it's a draft. Uh, where do I point? John? You want to, can I say next? Yes. Thank you. Um, so we met, uh, we met with, a ma with a manager, uh, with, uh, with the city attorney and with the uh, deputy manager. We came up with this plan or with this map that shows the streets that we will be looking at. Um, Sunset, as you can see, is in blue. It has a different priority. That, that, that's the one that's obviously your, your core. Nope, not that. Um, can I go back? Okay. Uh, and then the other ones go from 70th to 74th. So those are the streets that we would be looking at based on the information that we've received uh, in, in moving forward. Uh, what I wanted to share with you is how we're breaking this project up. Um, we have four pieces to it, and some of them overlap. So I'm gonna show you at the end a timeline which will begin to make sense. But we wanted to break them up in this way so that you would understand what we need to do and how we need to do it. The first part is discovery and evaluation. This is where we begin to understand the current conditions um, and how things may change based on new zoning that you may have, new land uses, et cetera. We're not planning for today. We're planning for whatever uh, may come in the future. Uh, the design phase and the dialogue, what we we're calling the four Ds, so the dialogue being the community engagement, uh, those would go hand in hand once we've understood where we're at, what the city needs uh, in terms of wh where, where, it, where it is today. Uh, we would engage the public, we would engage stakeholders, and we would begin design with stakeholders um, and uh, focus groups, et cetera. And then finally, the documentation. The, docu the documentation, as we understood from our meeting, would be specifically for Sunset Drive uh, because that's the one that we need to move forward for construction documents. Um, so with a little bit more 
uh, detail, and again, I'll, I'll answer questions. I'm going to go uh, quite fast. Um, the data collection and existing conditions assessment, that would include uh, looking at the current surveys and traffic studies, right-of-way assessments, that's a big one. We, we need to understand each of the, right, the right-of-ways. There's a total of 2.5 miles, mm. linear miles, of if you start adding all the streets. Safety assessment, we believe that's very important as well. Multimodal conditions assessment, land use assessment, and transportation and mobility assessment. Um, public participation, as I said, will uh, span the entirety of the project, starting with uh, more general meetings, uh, focus groups that will, that will help us understand where business owners are, business owners that are not necessarily in South Miami today to understand what, um, what they would, um, what would need, what would the streets need to look like in order for them to move to South Miami and understand, the, understand also the perception that people have of South Miami, not just within, but also outside. Uh, then we would have the more involved design workshops which would pair up with, um, with our design phases. Uh, and f finally, uh, we would have the, uh, the alternatives and presentations to this chamber um, and, then and then move on to the construction documents. Uh, from the multimodal planning, I wanted to take a moment to, to highlight this one because we feel it's very important. You've got TOD coming in, you've got development that's, uh, that's going to be multimodal. You've going to, you're going to, en you're going to have to en enhance the way, the way people move around and hopefully get mo many of them, uh, not only out of the car, their cars and into, um, into um, new uh, transportation systems, but also from your metro rail into your downtown, into your town center. So that's really important. So residential access also from around the town center and the underlying which is coming soon, that's also important. That's gonna be bring people and that's going to have to uh, be looked at. The streetscape, I know that this is the core element in the, uh, it was in the RFQ and in our discussions with the, with the manager. This is the key element um, and, and we obviously uh, want to pay a lot of attention to it. It goes, as I said, um, hand in hand with public outreach. We wanna make sure that we are led by the public, that we have um, their full support and that we are planning based on their vision. I understand also that there is a lot of information out there, out there already that we need to familiarize ourselves um, and, and address. Um, and we will go from uh, the public outreach to alternatives. Uh, the public and yourselves will select the preferred alternative. That alternative is the one that will move, uh, will, will, will make the master plan. And then from that alternative, Sunset Drive will be translated into construction documents um, to, uh, to be bid on. Uh, and finally, I wanted to add the design construction draw, uh, drawings uh, aspect of this. It's a big portion of this um, of this effort. It takes a lot of time, uh, you know, not just because it's it's detailed, but also because it needs to meet, uh, especially FDOT uh, regulations and conditions and standards. Um, the schematic design that you see on the three bullet points uh, there, and I'm going to move on to the next slide. Um, the schematic design is basically what happens during the design and the public uh, and the public outreach. So we will reach that 35 percent before we begin the public before we begin the uh, construction documents uh, phase. So we will reach that 75 percent, and we will be able to have our site plans, uh, a concept, uh, hardscape planting, um, streetscape, uh, furniture, uh, 
a conceptual irrigation and typical sections and details and specifications. So our design process will lead us to that 35%. The, uh, the other, um, the rest of the construction documents will be as the construction documents phase uh, would be. So just to clarify, that's in this, the last task. It has the $900,000. Task, task number five in your- so Everything uh, beyond 35% will be covered yes. in that. Okay, that's yes. interesting. Okay. Um, so the timeline, which is the important one. We heard from the manager that there is a hard uh, deadline, which is July 2025, uh, which basically puts us under the gun to get things moving very quickly. Um, the way that we've, um, we've looked at it um, is a, we have a 15-month uh, window, uh, and we want to make sure that we give enough time for the design process, make sure that we have uh, we come up with a preferred alternative that everybody um, is comfortable with. Um, because once we begin the construction documents, the design should pretty much go in, in one direction. Uh, it's complicated once you start when, once you start construction documents to begin to do fundamental changes to the design. So we want to make sure that we have a robust beginning, a robust uh, design process, and a um, and a, a signed off uh, uh, preferred alternative. At, at which point uh, we would move forward with the with the last phase, which is task five. Uh, the little dots there, um, the the dashed line, if you will, uh, under item four. That would be our, um, our, our a committee that would be selected so that we know a steering committee that would um, help us move the project along. We would be meeting with them. Typically, we do either bi-weekly. In some projects, we do monthly. Uh, but I think that a project like this, which is really, um, really important and it really, it, it's, it's got a really com uh, many components, we should meet every, every couple of weeks. The steering, um, I'm sorry, real quick question. The steering committee is something internal inside the group, or is that external? <laughs> It, it would be external, and typically they are professionals uh, from from the city and also from other agencies that would have to um, help us out. For instance, so a representative from FDOT. We typically have uh, public works from the county, uh, planning from the county. Uh, we 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 have professionals in, in professionals from different agencies that would help us steer the project along. Mm -hmm. um, and then, as you can see, in in just above those that, those dotted lines, that, that dotted line, uh, we have the major the, the main uh, public outreach component. The first being more um, more getting input from the public and getting more mm, general information. The second one would be the design workshops, uh, and then the third would be the presentations of the alternatives, uh, m making modifications to those alternatives with a final little dot there on month ninth being uh, the presentation to this council. Um, and with that, I hope I've been brief enough. Um, I'll, you know, I have some members of my team here also to answer questions. Okay, I, just, I just have a quick question on the timeline, if I may, before we move into the, the scope. I'll sit back down, because the microphone. Juan, just on the timeline, if you can, and I apologize for being informal. Um, Can we put it back? Looking, looking at the scope, it looks like the, the design development and construction documents section includes the permitting. So is that going to happen in that nine-month window, or are we looking at a permitting window thereafter of, uh, it looks like November to after, May? After the, 15, after the 15th month. For after the 15th month. Yes, so you need the construction documents in order to begin the permit. Correct. So, you'll, you'll fit, so basically we'll be starting, assuming we told you let's go forward today, November, that construction document design process would 
would be completed per your timeline. And we'd have from November to the end of May to procure a, uh, the requisite permits to begin the improvements. Is that correct? October, beginning of November, that's when we would begin, we would, we would go past the 35%, yeah. Okay, so we, so. If, if we. If can we go back to your timeline again? Yes. Please. Timeline. I'm trying to determine the feasibility of us actually being able to use the, the uh, FDOT money. So I can just. I, I, I have to say, and I, you know, I, you, you called me this morning and I did mention it. Uh, but for the record, it's a very tight timeline. Yeah, uh, okay. This, this FDOT deadline is, is difficult. Okay, so right now, doable, what I'm seeing here, you'll, you'll complete construction documents in 15 months. So that takes us when? July. July 2025. July 2025. So if we have to start construction by July, sorry, June 1 of 2025, how do we make that timeline kind of marry up? Because it looks like we have a gap. To shorten part of this even further, uh, my understanding was, and, and again, this is something that we we would have further communication and further discussion with with your staff. My understanding was handing the the, the construction documents to FDOT as a form of let's begin the. the I thought it was permit. In the, I thought it was permit ready and, and construction shovel ready. Yes. Yeah, my my understanding. Uh, I will clarify, but I, my understanding is is construction right okay. starting construction. I, I think I think I think that if we're, you know, almost there, there, there may be some consideration. Uh, uh, but I, I, the secretary was very clear. Okay. Adela, just clarify for. So if you if you can if you can ready. clarify that point for the record and also what the timeline is for getting lab certified, which is I think is a six to about six months. Okay, because that was a year when we talked about this before. So I just want to. Yes, sir. Uh, the the project has to be shovel ready. Okay. That means ready for construction and. The timeline for to get recertified, since we've already had the certification, uh, according to DOT, is typically six to nine months. So okay, so we can certainly get that done before we have to start spending money. Okay, thank you for the clarification. Yes, sir. Okay, Qu you want to guys, you want to address the scope and any questions about the scope, or you want to talk timeline? Just for the clarification. Yes, on that yes, sir. Of FDOT. I was just consulting with my team. Um, Ideally, we would be working with FDOT from day one. So we, you know, they would they would sign off on our schematics. They would sign off on our DDs know, and, percentage yeah. and and so when we when we're done with 100 percent, it you know permitting should be quick. Okay. Quick. I'm sorry. To Please go ahead. That. So that's just FDOT. What other municipalities, structures, Miami-Dade County, uh, city? What other requirements through permitting do you have to go through? So. For the construction documents, we're only talking about Sunset Drive. We're not talking about the other streets. But do you have to get permitting from the city? Do you have to get permitting from Miami-Dade County, from Durham, from what are what are associations for besides FDOT? I, th I think the primary group is FDOT. Uh, we'll check through the city, but I, maybe uh, Miami-Dade County is in charge of the roads, but it's DOT road. So uh, that's the primary concern that we have there. I saw irrigation. There's nothing with that, you know, with Durham. Anything sanitation-wise, anything we DOT, probably have to do. DOT will they'll handle that. Yeah, I think they're they're going to handle all that type okay. of stuff. All right. And if if they refer us to somewhere else, we'll double check it. But uh, usually, it's just DOT. Okay, thanks. Further questions on timeline or scope? Where do you want to start, Mr. Mayor? I, I just yes, sir. Obviously, it, it's a little bit of <clears throat> you know the challenges the timeline as we just discussed with FDOT, right? And so there are construction drawings for other streets that are part of the scope. 
Um, if that's part of the exercise, I think it would guarantee that there's no way that we could even be close to July of 25. No, right? understood. I mean, and so, I think we're, so we're, that's why this is sort of phased for purposes of FDOT. If we, not, it would be done as one complete project, all streets, right? Oh, this yeah, all, if it wasn't for FDOT, we would recommend that first the division mm, sign off on that plan and then move on to the next phase comfortably and, and, and you know, with confidence. So, I mean, I think we have, uh, what, what, Mr. Manager, what's $900,000 that we have from FDOT potentially that we have access about, to for? About 750000 750000 Correct. And then the um, uh, Alfredo verified 1.1 in our CIP that we had sort of, you know, given a name for town center improvements. Uh, and then the two fifty uh, from okay. Avalon Bay. So just to, if you can help us, because this is the other part of the execution conversation that we need to have very quickly. If, if the design costs are $335,000 for just... The segment, and I'm assuming that segment runs from 57th to 62nd. Is that correct? The the, the design the design phase for Sunset Drive, yes, sir. Design phase is for the entire for the 2.5 linear miles of streets that you have in your city. Okay. In your you know, town center. But there's there is a the construction doc the construction drawings, not the schematic level plan. The construction drawings. Sunset. Is just Sunset Drive, but what are the boundaries? Is it is it 57 to 62nd? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So if that's Three hundred and thirty thousand. I'd say that's thirty percent of the costs. I would imagine of the total project. I mean, so what's what's a back of the envelope number on construction that we should expect? In terms of construction costs. Yes. It really will depend on design. Okay. You can get very intricate, or you can get very. But no, but but I, I knew that answer was coming. But I, the lawyer in me should have been prepared for that. But again, I'm not. I'm just. I just. I. You know, we we we're presupposing we have enough money to do the improvements on June 1 of 2025. I know we're nowhere near having what we need to finance this. So we need to very quickly get realistic about what our options are, because if we're gonna spend this money to begin design, it's not an insubstantial capital layout. I don't wanna repeat this, the mistakes of prior commissions where we set people you know, off to design improvements that we had no prospects of ever funding, right? Pedestrian bridge, no offense to my colleague here, <laughs> Good idea, we could discuss it all day, but it was $8 million. We spent a half a million dollars in pursuit costs, the idea side of this. I just wanna understand, you know, again, I'm not holding you to the number, but I'm gonna say there's probably 30% of the total project cost. Uh, you do the math, you're the finance guy. Okay, well just, so what's, the, you know, if we divide that by 30%, you know, you're, you're probably looking at a couple of million dollars in hardscape and hard improvements for just that segment. Um, it's not what we have right now in the budget. No, but um, the conversation, obviously, as it relates to the Sunset Place and, and their requirements from a public benefit standpoint that were part of the development agreement. So what, when would that those be are, That's theoretical money that may or may not be available for us. I mean, certainly it's, you know, we all hope that project starts tomorrow, but, you know, it, it's got to be designed, Seriously. permitted, demolished. I don't know that the timeline that money's gonna necessarily match up for our ambition to start next year. So I, again, I don't, we don't need to have a conversation today, but I just wanted to put that out there because we're gonna bring, I, I wanna bring an item to start talking about that so we can give ourselves the flexibility of doing some of this stuff sooner rather than later. And maybe we get dollars that allow us to pay, the, pay those obligations off sooner than we would if we just finance them all. But again, we're, right now we're relying on aspirational money to kind of get us to a point where we can actually execute. So 
Anyhow, um, wanted to put that out there by way of conversation because we're a long way from where we need to be to actually do the improvement. Um, Can I ask a question? Yes, ma'am. Like the mayor says, it doesn't need to happen right now, but if we were to get like even just an idea of, hey, if you went bare bones with whatever, you're looking at, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of one to three million dollars. If you went similar to X neighborhood, even just say, you know, give us scenarios. If you wanted something that looked like this, this is more or less your price range. Something like this, this is your price range. You want it to look like Ball Harbor, this is your price range. It, it, just so that we start to get an idea because I think what I find beautiful and then what you know our mayor might find beautiful and down the road varies. So I think it helps us, eh? Food trucks, exactly. Food trucks versus Verace. Um, so I think if it, helps us to narrow down what the realistic expectation is. Like, sure. I, I want a Lamborghini, but I can't afford the insurance. You know what I mean? I mean, don't think that I don't understand. I mean, this is like, I mean, the, the, the example that I would use is, is going shopping with my daughter to the mall. But I go to the mall first, and then I guide her in which shops she can and cannot shop. What I'm getting at is we can guide you through the project as it's being designed this is the upper end, middle range, lower end, and we can do that by also making modifications to the design with you. Uh, what, I, what I could do is give you a range right now, um, and I could work with the manager to see what that range looks like and whether or not it's something that is feasible for the city. Uh, I think that eventually what, what, what is more helpful is to get on with the design, and as we're designing these alternatives, ensure that they fit you know, the brackets or the, the, the different uh, budgets that, that, that could be envisioned, and then value engineer some things. Uh, oh. I think that would, be, that would be the way, again, going back to my example, I wouldn't just, you know, at home tell my daughter, do not go to the shops. I would first, you know, try and see what it is that, is inf that, that she would like, in other words, what the city would like to see, and then be begin to, to, uh, to, to figure out what those budgets are. Okay, I, I, I'm following what you're saying because obviously the shopping got me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> That wasn't my intent. I'm no, of myself no, no, my but can I tell you? Yeah, you're a smart man, smart man. Um, so I think maybe before we jump into that conversation, we, even if it's in an informal conversation ourselves, say, this is my point of pain. Like, I know my point of pain. I can shop for a pair of shoes at Stuart Weitzman, I'm okay. I get to Leviton, not so much. Can I, can I help with this Please? example and we can maybe get to something that's a little bit more concrete? I mean, my rough math, and I'm, again, I don't remember how many linear feet are in a mile, but I'm gonna say 5,000 plus or minus, right? So we're talking about 12,500 linear feet of improvements we need to do. That's Sunset only? That's, no, that's the whole the whole project area that we've identified, correct? It's two and a half miles of linear, two, two and a half linear. 2.38, I believe. Okay, so let's just th th round it up because I'm rounding sun, down. Sun, the sunset is 0.5. Okay, so I'm rounding down the number of linear feet in a mile. At $200 a linear foot, it's two and a half million dollars, right? So, you know, is there an order of magnitude cost on what the linear foot improvement costs? If we did something just very vanilla. So we have a sense of what we need to come up with by way of a differential. You know, I, 
not a question for you to answer today, no, I, but I certainly one know. that we would appreciate you coming back with as we begin, begin this exercise. Yes, sir. Yeah, Mr. Mayor, and the, other, the other things that we're also challenged with sometimes is that in, in um, wanting to become very aggressive of you know, trying to draw do dollars from other places, right, is that we don't have projects that may be at a certain level that would qualify for anything. So you know, these, are, these are part of these uh, uh, in leveraging other dollars. We may have to take something to a certain extent before we can go pursue. So our goal would be to go pursue other dollars as well <clears throat> for this project anywhere that, that it may qualify for. Other people's money is always welcome, but we've always relied on other people's money, and then there's no improvement. There is the pursuit cost of design. I, again, I think this is all we all, Commissioner Lehman knows this is our number one priority. We need to spend these dollars. I think it'll be money well spent, but we do need to come up very quickly with a plan to execute on the design because I do not want to look back in 12 months and say we do not have a solution. Correct. That's exactly right. So with that, uh, I, I do have a comment on the, on, the pro on the project area. I shared with Mr. Muirat on the phone today. I, I would like us to add into the, into the map the City Hall property, specifically for one task. As we think about putting out a solicitation, if we can get to that slide. Sorry, I'm messing it up. John, helping us out there. So one thing that does not seem to be in the project scope is this campus. And so, again, part of the puzzle that I'd like to unwrap is as we communicate to the market what we want this campus to look like, where should the public space possibly be situated to leverage and complement the development? So I, I would like us to authorize potential as an additional item, you know, ideas on where Gene Willis Park could be relocated relative to the underline or relative to the activation of this five-acre campus, including the library for purposes of our discussion, so we can inform the market about maybe one or two scenarios that we would like to see that could, you know, serve to create kind of an iconic destination public space on this linear path. That, that would be my suggestion. I don't know how the rest of the board feels about it. Can I ask you? Yes, ma'am. So, and, and feel free to tell me what you think as well. Um, so then are you saying you'd want us to have a vision of something general here for somebody else to fit into versus letting someone come to us with their vision? Why, why would we do that? Uh, um, because I don't want exclusively the economics of someone's proposal driving where they want to put public space. I, I, so I, I think, I don't know, I'd love to get, you know, yeah. our design professionals, my concern is the expediency of maximizing dollars, which is another need that we have, Right versus getting necessarily something that really works and is going to serve as a complement and gathering space on, I think, an improvement that is a wonderful addition, which is the underline. But right now, south of Brickell lacks for places that uh, are signature public and green spaces, right, where people can gather and have an, acti an activation that could serve as the center of, you know, what could be a new activity center in our, in our town. Is that the mayor is, yeah. is that something that we were thinking about doing in the RFP process as well? No, I, I thought I think, about that as well. I, I thought we would do it in the RFP, but I thought we would be wise to spend a few dollars with their time and talent to kind of come up with a couple alternatives. We're not going to say you got to do any one, but here's what we think might be might make for some good alternatives okay. and give them a little bit of direction as to what we want by way of an activation. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, if that's something you can help us with. I'll have to defer to my, to my colleagues, but 
uh, I think that we can include that as part of the public outreach and based on what public, out, you know, include those questions as part of public outreach. The, the only issue that I see here is that mostly what, what, uh, we're looking at public, public right of ways and we are adding a component which is not a right of way. So that's why I'm saying we could include it as part of the public outreach questions. So I, I, I would take a slightly different approach. I'll okay. take issue with your characterization. What we're talking about is public spaces. And, and, and our town center needs a series of public spaces. I think another one point I want to make is on the east side, it would be good if you could help us identify what the optimal location would be for a civic plaza or space that would complement the street gear and allow us to activate these rights of ways as well. So I, I mean, yeah. just want to broaden our thinking a little bit because we're talking about placemaking and typically places start with public places, right? We talk about a civic green to kind of organize the community around and we lack for those right now. And I think there's been a long-standing desire on the part of the public to see a couple spaces, a couple options identified where we can approach a developer, a partner to either contribute land, design it for us, build it for us, or we go out and acquire it and build it ourselves. Mr. Mayor, we love designing, so this okay. is a great challenge. <laughs> I just want to make sure that it, we can, you know, the narrative of the entire project or the attention of the project of the rights of way. Uh, uh, you know, Juan, I'll tie it into this. My, my colleague here has been talked about an idea for a long time, you know, the merits of which we can debate, but it's an idea, which is should 73rd Street be the principal pedestrian street, right? And I would tell you, should we warrant, should that warrant having, we have a public garage which is a designation reservoir garage. We always close sunset, very disruptive for east-west traffic, right? It impedes people's access to the reservoir garage. Should we be thinking about a civic space that's on 73rd as kind of the organizing center for our, that part of our, our town center? And could 70, sections of 73rd be you know, activated like Geralda at certain points of the day, right? I, I think it's a, it's a conversation that we need your help, you know, we'd like to have, but we need the guidance from professionals, design professionals to help inform what the options could look like, it's whether we execute them or not. It's something that we can include as part of our scope, yes. Okay. So, yes, sir. Yeah, the only thing I'd add, it might be something for the city manager, but it would be great to have these kind of scheduled check-ins with us as the process goes along. Uh, plans in the past have come to us at the very end. Um, in this case, actually, we'll have an, an, a new branding for the downtown within six months with signage. So something like that, us getting to see something ahead of time or, you know, certainly not disrupting the process, but, but keeping us informed would be great. Whatever checkpoints those may be, I know there's a steering committee, and like I said, we certainly don't want to slow things down, but okay. Okay. Questions about the scope or the uh, project parameters? Any comments? Commissioner Liebman, your hands up. Go ahead, sir. Yes, um, thank you. So um, not to miscarriage anything you said, Mayor, but, but to continue with, with everything you said. Um, yeah, I heard the term value engineering, and it's interesting that this proposal came in $5,000, I think 99 cents, I'm adding to 99, short of a million dollars. And Mayor, I'm, and I expressed this to the city manager in uh, my agenda briefing, him last week, um, I, I, I have absolutely and probably exponentially the same concerns you do. I, I know how much the recipe is. The recipe is a million dollars. And always honest, Rick, I didn't like the answer I heard at all. 
And you said, how much is the infrastructure and hardware going to cost? The infrastructure? I don't know, big range, wide range. I, we need to know right now if we can afford this. If we can't afford it, there's no reason to continue. As much as I want this, and I'll continuously say it's the best thing we can do. We need to protect our tax base, our cash cow, which counts for two-thirds of our tax base. And this is something that will touch every resident multiple times a day, touch investors and also visitors to our city. It will brand the city, continue with everything else of, of champion. But that said, why go for it? We can't afford it. In terms of the monies and all those monies I fought for, you know, the placemaking initiative and the negotiation with with Avalon Bay, it's not all for design. That, that's for infrastructure. So here your point, it says 311 and the proposal, here the, the number also that, that you mentioned, um, a third, which was about 330 um, for Sunset Drive. I'd rather start with Sunset Drive and use the difference for hardware and for infrastructure because Sunset Drive, um, it gets exponentially more eyeballs and more foot traffic, just more exposure than any of the other streets, and it'll all trickle over. And then if at that point we can afford to do more, then we'll do it, and we can always duplicate what we have. And one of the things I said in the previous meeting when we were considering whether, at least I was suggesting it, whether one firm or two firms was that another firm, what I liked about them, what I mentioned is that they were very concerned uh, number one, the city's budget for the infrastructure and hardware, and two, suggesting uh, placemaking, furniture, hardware that was that fit that was in line with the city's budget, and that was also low maintenance and had longevity. So I need I need hard answer, even if it's just an abstract number. And honestly, Mayor, it's not worth spending all this this money if we're going to do something that's just doesn't have to be the most extravagant, but it should not, in my opinion, be the most basic either, right? Anything would be an improvement over what we have now, and it's desperately needed. Again, I tell people every day, walk our commercial area it is so, so neglected, but um, it's embarrassing. Yeah, but, Commissioner uh, Levin, I would just say, I don't think anything that we're talking about is outside of our reach. It's just a matter about how we want to, if we're willing to structure financing because I just don't think we're, our plan to kind of pay as you go and or wait on revenues from Sunset Place is going to be from a timing perspective going to match up with you know when we would want to start improvements even just on Sunset Drive which I, I, I think probably with you know a million and a half dollars of of a million and a half dollar budget we probably could get a fairly nice product for just that segment from 57 to to US 1. Well, we should go 57th to 62nd, right? I mean, we should, but I, yeah, we should. But if we just wanted to start with a section that gets the most eyeballs, I mean, that's the one. You know, the I would say the west side. You know, um, some of that cost may get picked up with this project. Frankly, you know, we can just dictate what the aesthetic looks like, and it can be incorporated into the redevelopment proposals that are are brought forward. So again, so I, I know the cost of the of the recipe. It's a million dollars. I need an idea of what, what the cost of the infrastructure and the the hardware will be. I, I can't vote for this budget. We're talking about the scope, but but still. I, that I, I, I would tell you, I, my, 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 my best guess would be it's going to be in the order of five to seven million dollars. 
just kind of my working my working number, but that's just my guess. In addition to this, yeah. for for everything to execute to, to this do this to, to execute this proposal, I'd say let's say eight million dollars maximum with this million dollars of spending on the front end. And sir, what, what you, is that realistic? What's I don't know that he's in a position to answer. What's realistic uh, in terms of our ability to finance or pay for? No, eight, sorry, remember eight million dollars. I don't know. Is that Juan, uh, Joe? You have any idea? You think that's a realistic uh, back of the envelope number? I think it's a realistic back of the envelope number, maybe a little bit high. Yeah. I was thinking a little bit less, three, four. Three to four million dollars to execute improvements on the two, on the two yeah, and a half I mean, linear if you miles. Figure that the, the 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 design, uh, CPI, the project management, thirty percent of the construction costs, and you've got a million dollars, you need a three million dollars, four million dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, you just say we're lowballing it at that point. You're three to five. Okay. Conservative. So I think I'm underneath your number, but. But you know, I mean, a house costs a million dollars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is two and a half miles of road. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Manager. Yeah, I, I, I think part of this is is sort of you know, making making up for uh, lack of investments for for quite some time, right? And then looking ahead for investment that that's gonna uh, hold um, its value o over time. So, so really, I see the investment in the planning and design um, stretches. Whatever number of years you want to go back, um, that that probably the investments were not made to, to stay sort of competitive. So I, I stretch this investment backwards and forwards, right? I mean, it hits us all at once, and, and that's the reality. So so I, I understand it, but you know, as I as I looked at it, and that's why I, it's a scope conversation. But I didn't want to have it without some context of of price. But I I, I, I truly believe. I mean, I thought about this hard. It, it, this is the investment that is catching up for lost time and the investment that's going to set us up. Coconut Grove has gone through this cycle. Coral Gables has gone through this cycle. And, and those planning efforts and investments now, you know, have brought, brought back those areas and that's, you know, where people are going. Uh, mind you, you still go through Miracle Mile and you see a lot of storefronts that are, that are closed. So it, it's an economic issue. Uh, we're seeing uh, a bigger you know, bigger brunt of that, right, from a micro micro uh, area. But the reality is, is an investment that is uh, that its time has come, um, and unfortunately, we are catching up. But I think it's an investment looking forward. So I I, I spread the dollars over those years, um, and, and that's what it's going to take. At the end of the day, you know, we're we're going to have to you know figure out whether it's two million or three million. You know, how we're going to you know make that happen. Um, but I, I think it's it's a sort of moment of truth from a milestone standpoint um, that to get us over the hump over the long term and see what we need um, because if not the value I think is going to be negligible right if we sort of um, downsize this and make the mistake that many cities make uh, from a planning standpoint where they get to this point and they value engineer you know they end up with something obsolete the day they open it and or wish they would have done more, right? And I want to make sure that we, we don't make that mistake because we're, we're catching up and we need to make an investment for the long term. So we're not going to overturn what's going on from an economic standpoint, but the investment that we can make and position us, I think it's important. So it's hard uh, financial. I'm not saying that every element of the scope is, is, is necessarily needed to the degree that it's needed. I mean, I think they're proper best practice elements, but order of magnitude, 
we're going to have to make a sizable investment from a design planning standpoint to position us uh, for, for the future. And, um, um, you know, this is not the only area that, that uh, we have to think through. Um, and we're going to have to prioritize because we have limited funds and we need to be good stewards of that. So I've, I've struggled with this, but I, that's where I land on it. it. It's an investment that his time has come and passed. Um, and unfortunately, it's our turn of the barrel to deal with it. Um, but that, that's, my, uh, that's my pitch. Through the mayor? Yes, sir. So following up on that, I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, following up on that, one of the one of the. By the way, just a reminder: we've got 20 minutes left on the clock. I'm not going to take 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I'm usually pretty. No, no, just that was a general comment. That's right. And then we all turn into pumpkins. Um, <laughs> we weren't privileged to the qualification process of the vendor, and I think what I'm trying to say with that is we we don't know the experiences that they already bring, the expertises that they've gone, and one of the things to follow up on. Commissioner Lehman's, you know, remarks is that they do have or have an understanding of what we can actually pay for something like this. You know, if we if we go through Miracle Mile, and I use that as a reference point all the time, and in and other you know places that I've researched while going through this process, and the books that I read, there is a certain type of number that we can reference through all the projects that you guys have had. You guys have an abundance of companies that have all gathered together to go do this. There's a wealth of knowledge between all you guys. That's the reason you're here. Um, I, I would I would ask you guys to kind of come back and, and look at something like that. I know we have a rough uh, you know magnitude of numbers, but really have an understanding of what we're trying to do. Just these are some of the scenarios that you guys have done before. This is something that we've budgeted, designed, gone through construction. This is what it looked like, um, and because we weren't part of that qualification process, right? So you know the people that we picked to be on that, they made the decision. You guys are here. We haven't seen that. And maybe we need to go. Well, I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, we picked those people for a reason. So. I, I, I don't disagree with yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, we, we are going to so. make the decision, about a Mayor. It's a point of comfort. It's a point of comfort, and it's just. Uh, a understood. Point of understood. I'm not, I'm not referencing, like, to, to, yeah. to do pick the design. That's not, that's not my forte. I think in the concept of us, the, we're a very resourceful uh, commission here. Like, our board, we are very resourceful. We will figure it out. But it is, you know, to, to Commissioner Lehman's point. It'll be good to understand what we need to go get, and we can get close to that number. Not necessarily to it, but at least an understanding. If it's three million, it's three million. If it's five, it's five. If it's seven, it's seven. We can provide for you some examples Agreed. of what the prices are. I think that's what I'm asking. I think you know that's that's totally fair, and I, I think that we can do that. You know, to, to the, and submit it to the manager in the next couple of days. Actually, yeah. Thank you. That would be that would be easy. What what I what my point of not wanting to give a specific number or or even a a, a, a well defined range is and again I'll use another example but we don't know what kind of car we don't know what kind of brand and, and so you know it's like you were saying you know do you want a Ferrari or do you want a oh, no I, I understand I understand so but, but and, and and even within the brand what range within the brand so we want to get this process started so that we can understand which direction we're going and then within that direction i did not commissioner did not mean a value engineering you know with the meaning that it has but understanding that whatever design comes out of this process we can begin to look at what kind of spe specs go into the project to ensure that it fits within the budget that you guys have allocated um, but it sounds like the budget is not set the design is not set quality and the elements of the design is, are not set. 
So there's, there's so many unknowns right now that yes, we can give you an estimate of, we can give you the numbers of what other projects have costed and you can get a sense of, you know, if it looks like this, it'll cost this much. If it looks like that, it'll cost this much. But specific to Sunset, Understood. Can, I'm, yeah. I, in good faith, I've seen way too many projects that go over budget that get, uh, you know, change orders over and over and over again. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, that you, you lose faith in, the, in your consultant. No, no. I I'm in the construction business. I understand. Sometimes you're going to pick tile, all of a sudden you pick marble and it goes 4X. I, I understand that part. I just think for comfort level, if we see what's sure. been out there and what would it cost, it, it'll be better because I've never done streetscape. I've as never examples, done, you know, all the infrastructure. So, so just, I'm just Googling as we're talking, Miracle Mile, $19 million. That's a half, it's a half mile long right away. Both sides, the, a, a linear, linear mile. So... You know, it's 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 what nineteen hundred dollars a foot or two thousand dollars a foot. If we're in that range, it's going to be this is a very expensive proposition. I don't know that we're going to go quite to that design extent, but I, I think we can. It's a wider road. Too. It's a wider road, much larger segment. There there are differences, no doubt. It's got a very generously appointed center median. You know, very expensive pavers that were selected. Um, you know, we can. I think you know. The question is, what do we want to authorize to start this process today? Can I ask my yeah. question? Yeah. Just because I, I want clarification because I think I'm, I'm confused. When we gave the three to five million dollars, it was to cover all of the streets? It's, a gen ju no, it's, it's, it's just a Sunset Drive. Yes. So just Sunset Drive will the be between mile. three to five million dollars. As a standard. Yeah, as a standard. Yeah. I keep hitting yeah. this thing. As a standard. No okay. marble. No, no marble. Hello. <laughs> we're going to be chicle on the floor. Like, we can't afford marble. We're doing, you know. Commissioner Lieben, you recognized. So sorry, I misunderstood that too. My question was how much to execute the whole plan in a ballpark. To execute the 2.38 miles, correct. Miles of Everything that you're going to propose in here. So like I said, I know, how much the, I know how much the recipe is, how much are the ingredients. You're talking. You're you're asking about the design or the or the construction documents or the actual construction of the project. Mm -hmm. Execute everything about. that you're proposing. They haven't well, designed. They haven't. They haven't. After they construction, they haven't done. designed anything. So I think the I think the question is they haven't designed anything. So it's a difficult question for them to answer. Yeah. Is what I've heard. I think the question so, is what is what is the likely order of magnitude of street improvements, right? With the outside range of what we would spend. Do we need to spend to complete the full project? I think that's the question you're asking, Commissioner Lehman, correct? If we wanted yes. to build the $2.3 million, what would it cost on average? Because I don't think they can answer what it would cost to execute the recipe because the recipe is, they have, a gen, they have an approach, but the ingredients that they're gonna use have not been defined, right? They know how they're gonna do, they know how they're gonna execute preparing the dish, but the actual ingredients that we're gonna let them use have not been procured yet. So to use the recipe analogy. So if we are, you know, if, if, if three to five is half a mile, if you're thinking of 2.5 miles, it would be 15 to 25. I'm giving you a range, very wide range. Yes. Right. Yes. A, a question okay. I have just, oh, go ahead. You have, uh, give a follow-up. I'm sorry, Commissioner Lieben, you're recognized. Yeah, sorry, so quickly, in, in the interest of time and to stay true to the scope and based on, you know, that loose, I know it's a, just a broad estimate we were given, I, how can we support going beyond red so you just want a red to 60 second, which I really want to want to do on sunset because the optics, the connectivity, um, and um, but in addition, every dollar, not I mean not that you cut from here, 
So number one, every dollar you cut is another dollar toward hardware, but not just that, it's exponential because it's gonna take us from five to seven to, I don't know, numbers 15 to 18. Um, but the other thing is there's $150,000 in the proposal just for public input. So yeah, again, in the interest of time, if we just wanna speak about the scope and every dollar saved is another dollar to our infrastructure, 150,000 for public input. Um, a lot of times that just complicates things much further. It's, it's so, so just setting aside the construction drawings for Sunset, it's $585,000, mm -hmm. rough math, right? So um, you're saying you'd like to eliminate the $145,000 for community outreach? I, I mean, I, I had a conversation with Mr. Murray-Rett today, Commissioner, to that point. I don't know that I want to do public outreach in the traditional sense where we have charrettes, et cetera. We should certainly have some public information meetings, but I think the better, which for some of the data we're trying to collect, which is not just about the physical improvements, it's about market opportunities, how people perceive the market, what they would want to see here in order to come here. Um, you know, I think we should probably, I suggest that we should consider focus grouping different cohorts of people, people at you know, major employers, uh, developers, um, people in certain sub-markets for which this is the kind of natural, natural catchment area. So we get some, a little bit more nuanced feedback than just, you know, what we typically get in a, in a non-statistically valid, um, you know, uh, public engagement process. We would do that through focus groups as we do on an issue Correct. I, I do highly recommend that we do approach your, your constituents and your stakeholders. I mean, we, we need to have- We need to do that, no doubt, but uh, yeah. Input and, and public support. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves at the end of the project and nobody's supporting the we, we, we We find ourselves in that very same position, which is why this conversation got started when we had a design that <laughs> no one had seen and was terrible. So. And it, it, oh, go ahead. No, you're good. If we are only right now talking about the process and the design, and then we're trying to figure out what we can afford to build, it's not gonna change much about what's in front of us right now. Perhaps we could draw back the scope and only do one side of US-1, or, or maybe not as much in terms of design. I don't know how much that's gonna affect this price. I think the question we're all having to ask ourselves is how much we're gonna, we're gonna start with on the construction side, right? Or it's just not I think doing the it at all. I think Commissioner Liebman's question is, should we spend the $585,000 or should we just focus on whatever elements are essential that lead us to a design for sunset? I think, you know, I think we should have a design that is one that we can execute across downtown. We may only choose to build sunset first because it's all that we can afford in the near term. Right. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I might, I, I would kind of break up the conversation that way. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I don't, I'll end it with this through the mayor, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, we all, when we got together and said, this is our priority, this was number one. So mm -hmm. if we're gonna invest dollars in making sure that our return is gonna be X amount, which it will be, this is the right way of doing this. So I'm on full support of making sure that we have the best design possible. Whether we can execute all of it, then we'll worry about that, but at least we'll, we'll worry, we'll figure out what, what we need to get to go execute yeah and i'll say this i feel i feel better about spending 585 on this than the five hundred thousand dollars we spent designing you know designing other improvements that we've this commission's approved before mm -hmm. that have never come close to being realized so this commission this commission meaning this body in whatever prior incarnation so 
I'm taking it through construction. Yeah, the construction before you get to construction documents for yeah, Sunset Sunset Drive, right? Yep, I agree. So I th I think you know, Commissioner Liebman, if if you're what I what I what I will commit for myself is, if you're saying you know if we're concerned about the back end, which I am as well, right? And we have to choose to build something. I think we choose to spend the money first for any ex the execution of any design improvements on Sunset Drive. I don't know if that's what you're what you're asking as well. Yeah. So if I can do if I can all I can come up with five million dollars of monies to execute a, uh, an improvement is in my mind we're going to spend that on Seventy Second Avenue. Street. Seventy Second Street. Excuse me. My apologies. <laughs> it's so, late. All right, Mayor. So in terms of the scope, yeah, land the plane. What, is there anything you would want to remove from, I think, tasks uh, one through four, because that's the first $585,000? I had some questions. I asked them offline of the consultant. I'm comfortable Me with, personally. yes, comfortable with those expenditures, but we can talk about them further. Sunset Drive, I'd run the scope. I've always said Sunset Drive 57th to 62nd. If we can even afford to do that, then we can revisit everything else and duplicate the design. It, everything we do there will, will trickle down and, and pay dividends everywhere else. And if there's more money, I, I, again, we're 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 whatever we're, the commission wants to do. No, I, I get it. I just want to be clear. We're not we're not um, we're what we're proposing is not just a design for Sunset Drive. It's a design that we can replicate for all of downtown. So you want you want to pare back the scope from a design perspective to just Sunset Drive? Is that what I'm hearing? to what we can afford to do. That, that's just one opinion. I say we move forward with the design as it is. If we need to scope back and just do CDs, which that's all, the construction documents are only for Sunset anyway. The design will give us the implementation all the way across the board. We're not saving that much money anyway when it comes to the full design. So let's just move forward it all the way through CDs, until CDs, construction documents. So the $500,000. Yes, go ahead. And I'll remind us we have about seven minutes on the clock. If we're looking at the numbers as they stand right now until we get to CDs, if we decided to do only Sunset Drive, if you were guessing a percentage that that would be minimized <laughs> by, is it 4%? Is it, I'm just trying to see sure, you're between... Sure, you guess a lot, but... Um, I know, I'm trying to see between Liebman... I'm trying to see between where Commissioner Liebman is and where Commissioner Calle is. Look, the, 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 the first part of the expenditures, I understand, because I had to call him and to really kind of get comfortable with it, is about understanding how downtown functions today and, and how it's going to function in the future based on what, we intend to, what we're intending to authorize by way of development. So if that's not information we want, if we just want to do release them to do a design for Sunset Drive, maybe we should table this item and have a conversation with just about that uh, and worry about the placemaking of just that one street. Right. But, uh, but the conversation is... Intent was intended to be broader than that. And the first $585,000 is broad strokes understanding the macro picture of our town center, right? So we've got to get comfortable with that first. And then we can talk about how we finance the improvements of one segment based on this, on this feedback or the entirety of the two and a half linear miles that we have to tackle. And Mr. Mayor, if I may, this is our first attempt to put a scope together based on, on one meeting yeah. with the manager. I'd be happy to work on this a little longer if that's something that we is, is We, we again, the only, the only constraint is 
time. It's time with $900,000 of improvements that we're trying to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. So um, we can, I mean, this money's not going to be spent all at once, right? So we can authorize this now and maybe come back and have a follow-up conversation at the next meeting to talk about if we want to prioritize or remove some of these items of the scope. But I think, you know, if you were, if you were starting on task one, I mean, that's good. That's we have to do, I would imagine, regardless from your perspective. So I think we should authorize task one so we can get started and not delay the process any further. Uh, I would like to modify it to include the public space, uh, you know, vision exercise for both the east side and west side of the town center. And if we want to pick up this conversation on task two, three, and four at the next meeting, we can continue it because I know we were, we're quickly going to turn into a pumpkin. So I'll move the motion with the modification. I'll second. Is that, is that from a timeline perspective, at least keep us on pace, Juan? I believe it's task one and one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's so let's, again, because I want to I want to be respectful as we always are of each other's thoughts on these topics. So let's, if I get a motion on task one. I have it already. Second. Okay, we have a second. Okay. A motion from Commissioner Kaya, a second from Commissioner Corey. Uh, Commissioner Liebman, any last thoughts? Okay. We'll have a Thank conversation you. hopefully on financing at the next meeting, so it'll be an appropriate time to talk about the other items as well. So with that, no further comments. Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lieberman? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonish? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Item passed 5-0. Thank you. Uh, and that, uh, we, are, we stand adjourned.